And we're live. Oh, I didn't know we were going live. That's it. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> we're not live. We're not, not live in that sense. We're live like we're recording. Oh. So I'll do a quick intro and then we'll, we'll just start the conversation. No big deal. Hey guys, what's up? This is Adrian. Um, I'm, I forgot what the name of this podcast is because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But uh, the name of this podcast is How Did You Get Here? Or How Did We Get Here? Because that's a question I always ask myself is how did we get here? How do you get to this moment in your life? How, how did you get here into this office? But beyond that, what has happened in your life during all those different paths that, that kind of unfolded? And, and how the fuck did you get here? That's basically it. Okay. I'm, so, I'm ready for this. Yeah. So there you go. So first and foremost, I know that if you want, go ahead and introduce yourself. His name is Joe My from Legacy Joe Fit. Stempian go from Legacy Fit. Uh -huh. um, I work at the Legacy Fit Kendall location. Uh, yeah, I've been with the company 12 years. 12 years. Been working. That's, that's it. Working. Actually working. Working. Not work from home. Not. It's going to work every day. Putting in work. It's a and, little different. And you're a huge believer in that too, because I've seen that you talk about that a lot about work. I, Work ethic and willing to work is everything to me. You know, my wife works hard. My kids work hard. Everybody works hard. I mean, we didn't have nothing to start with, so I had to get work hard to get to where I am today. Awesome, man. And that's something I, I wanted to know, like, who is Joe, right? Because I think so many people know Joe. Oh, mm -hmm. Joe from Legacy. Joe from Legacy. But I don't think too many people know who Joe is. I don't think people understand why you are the way you are. And so that's what I honestly, I'm different. I know you're different. <laughs> and I think that's, um, that's why you've built that community that you've built around you wherever you go. And that's one of the reasons why I brought here is I just want to understand you. Cause I could remember the first time that I stepped foot in the gym and I heard your sense of humor and just like your charisma and just your attitude in general. Some people get offended, but I saw that it was from a place of love and, and I wanted to understand that a little bit more. Okay. So tell Not me a little. Far away. Yeah, yeah. Let's so go. tell me a little bit about you. Like, where'd you grow up? I grew up um, like everywhere. So like, my dad was in the military at first, and then worked for the civil service. So he worked on Air Force bases around the country and okay. even international. So we moved around like every year from Ohio, Michigan, Ohio, Louisiana, Panama, back to Louisiana, and then we got here the summer before the fifth grade. So I've been in South Florida ever since then. So you were about nine years old, nine, 10 years yeah, old? nine, 10 years old. Made all those moves before that age. So wow. All the, make new friends. It's, 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 it was all good. Everybody was doing the same thing in your military. You don't, you don't even feel it till you get home. And then you're like, okay, we've been here a couple of years now. It's getting weird. And then been here ever since. So, oh, cause it was strange for you at, when you got to nine or 10 years old to all of a sudden like, oh, this is actually home. I'm not moving anymore. Yeah. Okay. So what did your dad do in the in the military? Um, like he lo loaded bombs and stuff like that when he was in the military, okay. and then he actually was a manager at bowling alleys that were on Air Force bases. Okay. So he was he was actually a professional bowler at one time. That's one of Joe's <laughs> hidden talents. And so you, you could bowl. If anybody, if I ever want to win a bet, you know, I just wait for that person. You want to go bowling? I'm like, sure. Sure. What are we, what are we betting on? It's uh, so a hidden skill, easy and that's. Money. So I'm, I, I consider myself athletic, and bowling is one of those things that I am terrible at. We can play ping pong, we can play pool, and we can play, play any those, sport. I can play all that, but bowling, bowling, gutter balls, bro, gutter balls. <laughs> it's terrible. It's actually embarrassing because I feel it's almost like if I want to check my ego, I, sh I go bowl mm -hmm. because there's no way to force the ball to hit those pins, right? Oh, yes, there is. <laughs> yes, there is. So, so you grew up 
so mostly a military childhood and you moved here to South Florida. Where'd you move to? Uh, Leisure City, right outside the Homestead Air Force Base. Okay. Yeah, so we, we moved there and then being here like a year or so, my parents got divorced. Mm-hmm. My mom was staying and then eventually my dad moved in 92, moved to Mississippi. Okay. So he kept moving. We stayed here. Got you. How was that for you growing up? Just having your father who was present for a while until uh, he turned 11. I mean, he really wasn't even present. Okay. You know, not the best dad. Love him now. You know, yeah. I realized where he came from. As I got older, I started to understand my dad. I love him now. Back then, mm, not so much. Why? What do you understand about your dad now that you didn't understand back then? I mean, like what he went through, what, what made him the man that he is. You know, the way people were raised in the 50s and 60s and how you could treat your children and all that shit's a lot different especially from today, you know, 70s, 80s, when I grew up was still, you could still hit your kids, do a few things like mm-hmm. that and get away with it, beat up your wife, all that shit. Yeah. Now, that shit don't, that shit doesn't, doesn't go. Yeah, it at doesn't all. go. Okay. What, so what do you, what do you feel exactly you learned about your dad? Cause you said that now you understand him better. What did you learn about him and his upbringing? I mean, just how stressful it is, man. We have kids and you got to work and, you know, you got demons and, you know, like, I understand it. Yeah. You know, I understand the anger. Like, I don't have it. Mm-hmm. I try not to repeat my father's mistakes. I mean, I made a whole bunch of brand new mistakes on my own. Of course. But I tried not to repeat my father's mistakes. That's pretty cool. Do you do you instill that in your, I, I'm sure you do, but I'm just going to ask you anyways. I'll, I'll just give you the example. This morning, I was having a conversation with Eva, my daughter, as I was dropping her off at school. And I said to her, like, I'm... Eva, I'm not going to be perfect, but I have good qualities. So I want you to get those good qualities from me. But when you see something that you don't want to repeat, make sure you don't. And the same goes for your friends. You're going to have friends who are going to be good examples in many ways, but they're going to do some shitty things. Try to be a good person. That's the goal at the end of the day. But then realize you're going to make mistakes. Um, and so I wanted to actually, one of the things I was going to ask you was, since we tapped on parenting, what are some things that you instill in your kids? You mentioned hard work. Before. I mean, hard hard work, staying dedicated. Mm-hmm. You know, and let them know that nothing's easy. You got to work for everything. And even though they're daughters, I don't ever say that you got to work harder than a man. I don't believe yeah. any of that shit. Yeah. Like you work hard, no matter what you are, and you're gonna do good. I don't have to instill any of those things that can hold you back. Yeah, yeah, it's the opposite. It's just yeah. work hard, move forward, and then. Life is going to hit you, and you find a way to adjust and yeah. keep moving forward. Oh, yeah. I think my, my daughter's in the sixth grade, and she got a B in conduct. Uh-huh. You know, so you know me. I Every time my daughter gets straight A's, I give her a new pair of shoes. So she got an A, one B, and I'm like, you got a B in conduct? <laughs> she's emailed her teacher. be like, um, did you mean to give me that B? <laughs> yes. I mean, she's had all A, one A's from kindergarten. Yeah. She's in the gifted program. So okay. Perfect. So the fact that she got her first B in conduct, he was not happy. Okay, so Still how did gave her the shoes though? Oh, that yeah, was, that's my question too. So what do you say? So your kid, and that's a that's a good point, because my daughter sometimes has this issue where she wants perfection, mm-hmm. and I feel like that puts a lot of stress on her. So what did you teach her? What did you talk to her in that situation where she's crying about a B in conduct? Are you the type of parent who expects that A, or are you the type of parent who? It's like, hey, let's talk about this. I expect the A. Okay. No, no doubt. Okay. Especially from her, but a, a B is not the end of the world. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, first contact the teacher because I don't believe you got a B. <laughs> I've never heard a teacher or an adult say a bad thing about you. Got gotcha. you. Um, and if it's a B, it's not the end of the world. You, yeah. you get it back next semester. Okay. Cool. Yeah. 
No, my daughter is probably, my daughter's a B, mostly a B student. And I think that's how I was when I was, when I was younger too. Her cousin is a straight A like that. She, she, she grinds and she just always wants perfection. And I've just, my parenting style is I just want you to try, just try. I don't need perfection, but she's, she's also seen that, uh, she, her confidence goes up when she, when she tries hard and sees the results, you know what I'm saying? So parenting's hard, bro. Parenting's hard. Yeah. And I'm about to be, I'm be 45 years old this year. Uh huh. When I was a kid or even teen, late teens, early 20s, when you think about 45-year-olds, you think about He's an old man. like older, yeah. mature, I'm, I'm not that guy. Like, I mean, when is this switch going to flip and I'm going to be like an old guy? I don't, um, feel, I don't feel it. I will never grow up, and I'm okay with it. Okay. I, I mean, you could ask my employees here. Like, I, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, bro. Even there's water right now. <laughs> Life is too short, Joe. You gotta have fun, man. Life is too short, and I've about. seen I've seen people, you know, I've seen people check out, and I've seen, um, just how you can be dismissed from, whether it's an institution or a job or, or life, you know, somebody mm-hmm. passes away in your family or something. It's it's a kick in the face to remind you, oh, this is short, so I, I should enjoy it, and that's, I think that's why I gravitated towards you, and I wanted to understand you more because I was like. I, I, I didn't even know you, but I could tell from your energy in the gym. I was like, oh, I can relate to this guy. You know, I just want to have fun. Yeah. I want to have fun. I want to get the job done, but I want to have fun about doing it. And then that causes a problem with some people that always want to be serious and do it. And I just want to laugh. Yeah. And have a good time. And that's sometimes that's at the expense of other people. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. Like, I have fun. I have no malicious. No, it's not intent. malicious. Yeah, I like, understand. And like where I'm am and my location in Kendall, the people are amazing. We have a back and forth with a banter. It's it's amazing. Everybody has a good time, man. They're all laughing. Like they make jokes at me all the time. Yeah. You know, even one day when I literally turned my back, don't know if it was a turn on the clock or do something. I turned my back and all of a sudden 20 of them, 30 of them had Nerf guns. Boo-boo-boo-boo. And I turn around and I get blasted. You know, it's just a, it's a good time. So what is it about you? Because I've seen it. I've seen it in Wynwood, and now I see it in Kendall. I've seen on Cinco de Mayo, you guys are taking shots at a station. We don't do that anymore. Okay. <laughs> my, my birthday in November was the end of all that. Okay, that's cool. So. But think about that. The mentality of somebody to come to a gym at 5 a.m. and be busting their ass working out and take shots of tequila, that's a culture in itself. Mm-hmm. How does that develop? I think it's just not just me, but it's the people. Everybody's accepting. Everybody is enjoying themselves. And it's, I mean, you look at the members, you have every color, every sexual orientation, every race. You have everything mixed together, and they all just get along. It's crazy. Maybe because they're all dying. They have that in common because I go hard. Yeah. And I ride them. But it's like, it's them. It's part me, and I... I think everybody makes people feel comfortable and you can be yourself. And that right there is, I think, why it's so successful. Everybody's just comfortable in there. So what's the secret sauce, though? Because obviously I've been to a lot of gyms, not first, just Legacy, first, but gyms first rule I tell everybody. Yeah. And they, some of these guys, pretty much all of them, with the exception of Peyton. Peyton's really good, too. But learn everybody's name. That's the trick. 
if you can address every single person by their first, and then I do it with their first and last name most of the time, mm-hmm. especially if their first names are one of them fucked up Cuban names. Yanis Laces? You have yeah. a Yanis Laces over there? Oh, bro, I got like four Yacelles. A Yanuski? Yenets, Usnavis, you know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Those How you doing, Miss Rodriguez? Yeah. <laughs> How you doing? You know, so just remember everybody's name, man. It makes it, it makes it that much better. Like, everybody just feels comfortable. Like, when I go to the stations, you've been in my class, I will name every single person at every single station every day. How many people do you typically have at 5 in the morning? Um, it can go anywhere between 35 on a bad weather day, low end, up to 50, 60 people in there. You just never know. So. And is it generally the same people? Five, all, you have a bunch of 5 a.m.ers, or do you feel like that crowd shifts and there's just so many people uh, who want? It's a little bit of both, man. Okay. There's, there's the people that are there religiously every day at 5 o'clock, every day. I mean, and there's 20 to 30 people there that are there every day, Monday through Friday. And then there's a, you know, 60, 70, 80 more of them that will come a couple times here and there, and yeah. it just and it works itself up. out. And now it's the beginning of the year, so you know it's a little bit more live in there. Oh, yeah. And then some of these nuts cases, because if – you're waking up to come get my abuse at 5 a.m. You're crazy enough to go back and get another dose in the afternoon, 4.30, 45, 7. Yeah, definitely. So it's, it's good times right now. Good energy. That's cool, man. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. From afar, I've always been like the energy in there. I just wanted to understand it. Like You, you can't. You have to experience it. Yeah. Until you walk in there <laughs> on like a day where it's somebody's birthday, they don't tell me anything. They yeah. do it all themselves. They come up with the themes. They'll come in the night before. They'll decorate so the person, whoever's birthday it is, uh-huh. they don't even know what they're walking into. That's awesome. And then you don't know if it's, what was my party? My party was a white trash party. It's great. <laughs> Very, I don't know, man. I feel like they were racially attacking me, but <laughs> I'm the white man. I got to take that one to the chin. That's fine. Um, so we won't talk about that day because that day was just intense but we've had that the Cinco de Mayo party Playboy Bunny party Miami Vice party yeah like the Miami Vice one was hilarious they literally made fake bricks of cocaine and put them on the sled to push what? like like where no. do you guys come up with the time for this yeah they got and every, all the girls are in like the 80s like aerobics outfits, outfits and the dudes they all ordered these like Miami flamingo shirts and short things and it was it was fun no, it's cool. I, I definitely can see, and I think any, everybody can see that you guys have a good time over there. So it's, it's too, pretty too dope. Good sometimes. No, no, it's awesome, man. So you've built this crazy community, but I want to understand where were you before you found Legacy Fit, before you became part of this? Where was I before this? Um, right before this, I tried starting a company with one of my friends, uh, a trucking company. Came up with the best name, Mother Trucking Solutions. We would get calls just because of the name. So we did, we did have that Mother Trucking Solutions LLC. Didn't really work out. Um, we were looking for owner-operators. A lot of those guys didn't want to leave where they were. It was hard finding them. We couldn't afford to get our own trucks. And then my buddy had been doing it for years, and he was making a killing. And then he was like, okay, I'm making this much, but I'm making my boss this much. And we tried. It, was, it failed. And then... Uh, and that was the only, but no, nothing else? No, anything oh, else? I've had all kinds of jobs, man. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what was before that. Before that. A company called CBON, like sales, Maximum Staffing Solutions, so staffing nurses and stuff like that. Okay, I you, actually I'm familiar with Maximum, yeah. Yeah, so when you graduate college, I graduated um, 
my bachelor's in business administration, okay. like business management. And you go to school, you're like, all right, cool. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to be a manager somewhere. Yeah. No, you ain't. <laughs> you, no, you're not. You got to come in here. You got to work. And then every, you get hired with jobs, and they didn't care what your four-year degree was. You know, I'm working at Maxim, my buddy Eddie next to me, I'm like, what's your degree? He's like, philosophy. <laughs> philosophy. Okay, whatever. And then the other guy, I'm like, what's your major? English. I mean, what are we doing, man? What, yeah. is, what is this whole college thing? Like, what is this? Why? So what's your opinion on it? Because this is something that's very debatable. And I was the first person from my family to go to college. Okay. Like, either side of the family tree. Like, I was the first one. And Same here, by the way. So like, we didn't know what the hell I was doing. I yeah. was in Florida State four and a half years, never declared a major, never picked a major, just taking random classes. As long as they pay your tuition and you don't fail, they're not going to fucking pull you aside. Like, hey, buddy, you, what are you doing? Yeah. So 130 credits, didn't have nothing that would um, suffice as a degree, and then left school and a few years later went back to FIU and finished my bachelor's. It took like a year and a half there. So, so how, what about when did you find, so when did you find fitness as, as a passion or? That's a funny story too. <laughs> I've always been into sports, you know, played a lot of basketball, football, baseball, even soccer when I lived in Panama, cause that's pretty much all they had. Um, wait, 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 what were you doing in Panama? I told you my, my dad, oh, like because we, we moved around. They had oh, okay. like pre Noriega. They had a bunch of bases in Panama. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my, my dad actually has some cool stories of his, uh, his conversations and his dealings with Noriega. You know, Noriega was a big bowling fan. Bowling was really big in the eighties and Noriega tried to get my dad to coach the Panamanian team. That's how good my dad was. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. So. So then com coming back here, you said Panama and it threw me off. But so then coming back about your, your fitness journey. Oh, yeah. Like I always played sports, yeah. you know, messed around with the weights here and there. Nothing real serious. And then I'm 19, trying to think of the date, 20 years old, 20 years old, getting into a lot of trouble. Um, I think I'm going to prison for a long time. And that is what kickstarted my initial fitness journey what, you, so we can't just skim over that way i have to understand this a little bit more if you don't mind what do you mean you just you almost went to jail for what um Is this, can we speak about this legally yeah, yeah, yeah. listen this, this all <laughs> happened in 1998 okay you know what i'm saying like okay. how long ago is that oh uh, you know i was adjudicated not guilty pled no contest i'm not a convicted felon but this was I, no i'm not worried about that There's just fights just fights fights okay. that got out of hand um fights that went into other people's houses so they kind of got different felonious charges gotcha so you know it is what it is yeah so like yeah. i said when we we went in there and 20 years old you think you're bulletproof you think you're immortal and you know, if you see me now you should have seen me when i was 20 25 and <laughs> you know they call you in they call everybody in go in front of the judge they state your bond everybody comes out and then they call you and your two co-defendants back in and you're the only ones they call back in there and they're like you know this charge is punishable by life in prison i gotta and, i gotta crack open a beer since you're uh, sipping on whiskey and i will not have whiskey thanks appreciate it but i mean it kind of looks the same it looks the same but that's that's blue label this is a cheap beer sorry let me not disrespect my cuban people don't do it this is they will cancel you <laughs> yeah they will cancel me right away Over this is beer. palma cerveza uh, an exotic beer from cuba it's actually a light beer i just like it so um 
I don't know why it's just every once in a while I hear a little feedback here, but it's all good. We're, we're still working on this podcast, people. It's not perfect. It is today. It is. <laughs> <laughs> we're having fun. So, with, well, so, we talked about that in the parking lot, right? Like how, or just on the way in here, just like how how crazy life is, and um, and you're huge into just having fun and enjoying it, right? Yeah. Well, uh, everybody thinks that except for my wife. Why do you say that? Because, like. I exert a lot of energy at work. Of course. I exert a lot of energy throughout the day. Yeah. So when I get home, do you think I have that energy 24-7? No. Okay. You know, I got to have some downtime. And who suffers? My wife. Because she, she wants this fun guy. She wants to see this fun person she sees on social media. Of course. But sometimes I just, I don't have the juice. I try, but, you know. So everybody has one opinion about me. And my wife has, has another. another. She has another. So how do you guys make that work? Because yeah, it's true. You're you're. She has energy for both of us, man. My wife's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. She helps and does a lot, a lot. I'm a lot to handle, and she's, she handles me. <laughs> she handles me. <laughs> well, that's good, man. Yeah. It, it obviously from social media, it looks like you have a, a great relationship, um, but it's it's good to hear that. How important do you think she is in your life? I don't think I can do this without her. Like. We're so different from two totally different backgrounds from, listen, literally opposite ends of the country. She's from Southern California. I'm, you know, I say I'm from here. I've been here long enough. I'm like a quarter Cuban, bro. My kids are Cuban. My wife is Cuban. I'm claiming it. I'm claiming it. There you go. So I even got my Cuban bread shirt. I'm official. Yeah, that's how you made it. So listen. what she doesn't do, I do. And what I don't do, she does. We're just like... It's a team. A team. So different, so opposite, but it fits and it works. It's crazy. Sometimes you ever... Are you ever in the shower? Are you just like, how the fuck does this lady put up with me? Because I think that about my girl all the time. I'm like, I don't no, know. No, I'm not allowed to handle, man. Like, I work my You're ass not off. allowed to handle? I mean, not at home. Like, you know, I might get in trouble for you know, talking here and there, but... You know, I'm a pretty good guy. I stay home. I don't go out. Yeah. You know, I got to be up at 3 o'clock during the week. 3. 3 a.m. I've been up since 3 a.m. today. How do you survive? How do you do it? How, how did you adjust your life to waking up at that time to be ready for work? Um, No choice, man. I had no choice. Like, I, I woke up between 3 and 4 o'clock weekdays for 12 years now. So I'm used to it. Like, I don't even need an alarm clock. I wake up. And I hate that. Does anybody else hate it when you wake up 10, 20 minutes before your alarm clock and you're like, I just sleep? No, I just, you know what? I've accepted it, Joe. I just know that I'm up and I got to be up. That's, I, I, I do that a lot of days, but some days you're like, Yeah, I just want to sleep a little bit more. more. Yeah. Like, hey. I, I couldn't get that last 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Yeah. It's crazy. And the older you get, the more you got to pee throughout the night. Write that down. <laughs> so don't drink water after six. There's <laughs> six now, bro. I need to be hydrated. <sighs> um, so how how did you find Legacy? How did Legacy find you? What, what's that? Story? My friend, my college friend Reed, um, a guy that I was you know known since college when I started my fitness journey and all that, and he uh, was working with Manny at the Winwood location, and he brought me in to help with what he was doing. Reed and Manny didn't work out. Reed made an exodus. Manny was like, "Hey, you want to stay?" I was like. Yeah, you know, because I was, you know, I just had my kids. She wasn't even, what, a few months old. 
and I had enough money I can just try to do something I wanted to do. You know, I hated working in an office. I hated being corporate America. I hated hated little people that would talk to you and you couldn't scream them by the neck <laughs> type stuff. You know, I'm a little aggressive. So, whatever. I was able to chase my dream. Um, Manning taught me a lot of stuff. Worked really hard. Worked really hard for a couple of years. Not um, really hard. I, I think I've read before that you were sleeping there overnight. Yep, I've slept there. I've slept there. What's like, that about? When you put in, listen, when you put in 16, 18 hour days and you're living in Homestead and you're like, all right, if I leave right now, I'll get about three hours sleep. If I sleep here, I'm going to get five, maybe five and a half hours. What are you going to do? Stay. Stay. Right, that's, that's back when we had like wrestling mats in the back too. So mm-hmm. grab a couple towels, make a makeshift pillow. Always have extra clothes with you in case you sleep there. We have showers and all that stuff. Shower in the morning. Yeah. That's it. It was interesting though when uh, when you would hear the mice though. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever, man. We had to make it work. I've never I've never missed a day. Never been late. Uh, never been sick. Never had to call out. Never. I don't get sick. Still haven't got the Rona. Write that down. <laughs> All right. I have. I, I think I've had it twice, actually. So. Nothing, bro. <laughs> Nothing. I figure. Never had the flu. Never had a flu shot. Another secret. Another uh, fun fact about Joe. Imagine this. My mom always pushed us to be great. And she always pushed us to go to school. Right? My mom didn't graduate high school originally. She went back and got it and did all that shit in her 30s or 40s. Um, I had perfect attendance from kindergarten to 12th grade. Mm-hmm. Never missed never missed a day of Wait, school. Wait, kindergarten to 12th grade? Kindergarten. My to daughter 12th grade. just missed a week. She went to Colorado skiing like 2 weeks ago. You're not, you're not poor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I've, I've been skiing on my honeymoon, right? And I I still haven't recovered and it's been about 2 years. What do you mean? I have my wife, my wife's from California, okay. right? She skied. She grew up skiing. She's very coordinated. She's great at skiing, skating, roller skating, ice skating, all that. Uh-huh. Winter sports. We don't do winter sports down here. At right? all. So me being the boneheaded alpha male that I am, trying to keep up my little five foot four wife <laughs> who is just skiing, like going. Like I don't think I saw her fall. And I am doing somersaults down these hills. And it was so bad that when we took the plane ride home, you know, you have to stick up your arms to go through the scanners. Uh-huh. Sorry, sir. I cannot lift my arms. <laughs> you got to take me to the back and do what you got to do. I can't lift. I seriously could not lift my arms over this. My shoulders were so jacked up. Everything hurt. It felt like I've been in, I've been in gnarly car crashes. Nothing compared to me skiing. <laughs> Sorry, me falling. We're, yeah, because you weren't skiing. <laughs> no. You were mostly falling. No. A lot uh, of falling. So I could ski. Yeah. Let me get you back. I can ski. Okay. I can't stop. Oh, uh, so, that's I mean, a problem. That's a problem. There's no brakes on skis. That pizza shit does not work for me. <laughs> oh, this, this. I've actually never been skiing in my life. Don't do it. No, I would love to. I grew up skating. I mean, I, I feel like I'm I'm good with skateboarding. I'm, I'm, st- I'm so st- stupid. I'm still going to try snowboarding. I haven't tried snowboarding. Haven't given up on the on the snow sports yet. Skis, I've given up on you. <laughs> All right? Snowboard, we still got a chance. I'm open minded. No, I I would definitely go snowboarding before I would choose a ski. That's I should have I should have done that. So but I didn't. 
so what's going on in terms of how is this? So obviously you worked hard, you were sleeping at Legacy. Um, how have you seen this place evolve? Because I've seen it. Um, uh, so just uh, Manning doesn't know me at all. So I might as well just say um, I, all I know about Manning is that he is the founder. Um, I know he's excellent on social media. He designs the clothes because Peyton tells me all these things all the time. Um, but what's your, I guess, how did that relationship develop? And how did you guys kind of just get along? Because you guys are both dudes with, with big egos or you just... Not big egos. That's the wrong. Huge characters, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of your persona, how you present yourself, um, and you just when you're in the room and when he's in the room, you know you're in the room. Mm -hmm. So yeah, right. Mm -hmm. So how how do you guys manage that? Well, like the first, you know, three, four, five, six years, whatever. I was, he's Batman. I'm Robin. He's Jordan. I'm Pippin. Oh, I hear you. You know what I'm saying? Like I know my role. Yeah. You know, like in. And uh, I always listen to the guy. The guy's got great vision. Yeah. He's taken this company from like a 22, 2,400-square-foot facility originally to, what, six locations? Yeah. You know? And even that Winwood thing started at 2,400 square feet, got 5,000 square feet, got 7,400 square feet, and then we ended up eventually taking over the whole 11,000 square feet in that place. No, it's awesome, man. And now we're closing that one down, opening up the new headquarters, new headquarters, something special, man. Something special. So, I think it's 7,200 square feet. It's beautiful. It is. And air air conditioning. Air, <laughs> yeah, air like Winwood, right? Yeah, it's cool because I, I'm very proud to say that I've been on the outside because people have screenshot. I'm not screenshot. They've taken videos and they're like, Adrian, I see you here on this billboard. So, Manning, if you're listening to this, make sure I get like, you know, at least two months free, something. Yeah. Something, man. You were on that, uh, <laughs> on that billboard. I think you've been on a few of them. <laughs> Really? Oh, yeah. that's cool. Because remember, every time, every time we build a location, he puts that on the windows yeah. as they're doing construction, so nobody can see it. That was awesome. I hate to break your. Uh, no, I actually took my daughter over there to see it. Hurt your feelings, but it's coming down when it opens. That's all. No, that's all good. Please okay. bring it down. I took my daughter to see it. Like I was proud to show her. Like, look how cool, Eva. Like, oh, uh, I did the same shit when I was on Kendall before I we opened. It. I took my kids there one day. Like, hey, you want to go see something cool? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Eva's oh, yeah. response was like, yeah, it's all right. Um, bro, I can't win. I can't win here. Well, my daughter was like eight or nine. Yeah. The other one was like two or three, maybe four. So no, it's but, a little different. Yeah, mine will keep me humble. Yeah, your eight-year-old or your three-year-old probably like, yeah. yeah. My 11, 12-year-old, they're like, eh. Uh, that's all right, Dad. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Hey, can we go get an acai bowl? I'm like, what the f Yeah. What are you talking about? Can we go shopping? Yeah. No, no. I don't want to go shopping. So... I don't, I'm just, um, I've just been interested along the way just, just because of that, just because I've seen this community that followed you from Wynwood. And what, how do you feel the atmosphere is different from Wynwood to Kendall? Um, I think it's very similar, but it's just different types of people, man. Yeah. Like you've been to Coral Gables. Oh, yeah. I've been to all of them. The people that live in Coral Gables are different than the people that live in Kendall. Yeah. And they're different than the people who live in Pembroke Pines and Fort Lauderdale and Doral and every location. You have different types of people. I don't want to stereotype people. I'm not judging people. No. But every area, it's like different people. I mean, you're going to have a little bit of more variety, but like it's just different. different. Like, like different. Not good, bad, just different. What do you think is a, is is the element within legacy that brings this sense of community. Cause really while you're there, 
you're not talking to people. You're only you're meeting with whatever partner is going with you. Well, that's the thing. You've been there. It's people will get there 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes before it even starts. And they'll sit there and talk to people before it starts. Yeah. They'll stay 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes after class talking to people too. So there's plenty of talking, there's plenty of community. Um you know, but every, I think I think it's more of like a sense of a sense of accomplishment, man. Like every single day, it's like you're running a race and you finish. It's you're competing against yourself and you finish, and you guys all have that same satisfaction. It's like them versus me, me versus them. Like I feel like it's a toxic relationship where they want me to be as bad and as hard on them as possible, and that's what makes them happy. <laughs> and I give it to them. <laughs> give it over and over. Yeah, but again. I'm a I'm a different person in Kendall than I am in Winwood. Like Winwood was just different. Like we started off as a boot camp, right? We don't we don't mention the B word anymore. We're strictly pit partner interval training. Okay, right. So like when we first started this out, we didn't know what we were doing. Mm -hmm. It's all trial and error. From the pieces of machinery we got in there to the way we ran the classes, from the clocks, the times, the system. Manning perfected it after so many years, but in the beginning, it's a boot camp. They want you to act like a boot camp instructor. Oh, yeah. The only boot camp instructor I ever met was the guy from Full Metal Jacket, all right? <laughs> Most people <laughs> listening to this are not going to know that reference. Watch that movie. Most people right? are gonna, only watch the first like 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah, after that, half. it sucks. Once, once boot camp's over, yeah, it sucks. whatever. You, might, yeah. you get the great scene that was turned into a Two Life Crew song, Me So Horny. Oh, yeah. That's so that's true. literally sampled from that movie. It is. You're 100% right? right. So Miami people can see where that song came from. But, yeah, they, that's – I've never been to boot camp. I've never been in the military. My every, favorite, every single person in my family, my brother, my sister, my mom, my dad, all been in the military, not me. My favorite part of that movie is when he says, this is my weapon, this, this is my gun, fun. this one's for shooting, this one's for fun. <laughs> that's my favorite part of that movie. That's a great scene. Yeah, it is a great scene. And that's Stanley Kubrick. He's a – He's a different type of guy. I don't even remember. I, I just... He's uh, the... Um, the the drill sergeant? Is that no, what you're I'm talking about? about? The director. Oh, He's the okay. one, the same guy that did Clockwork Orange. So mm. you can see like, the difference in the, the way that he does things. There's a lot of big actors in that movie, too. It's a great movie. It is an awesome... Act, for real. Full Metal Jacket. I've I, I made I my wife watch it. My kids can't watch it yet. No, not yet. They got a little while. I, but let's be honest. I think I was probably 10 or 11 the first time I saw that movie. Maybe 12. Funny, right? How uh -huh. we try to protect our kids, but then you realize like what you were watching. I was listening to Dr. Dre. If ten years old, I had a Walkman. Doctor, no, my year old. Wait, hold on. Yeah, I'm, Walkman. I'm 38. Yes, <laughs> I had a Walkman. I took my grandmother to Sam Goody. My grandmother speaks yeah. a lick of English. Okay. And I told the manager, I got Dr. Dre's The Chronic, Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style, and we went up to pay. And the guy looks at my grandmother. He's like, "Está bien." And she's, I looked at my grandma. I said, Sí, abuela, seguro. <laughs> and boom, that's all. And now I listen to that and thinking when I was 10 years old, that's what I was listening to. Yeah. My mom got me all that stuff too. It was great. Oh, my mom would not. If my mom would have listened to that. like you name it, my mom got it all that. What's up with that? Like your mom was what just a mean? free spirit or well, what? My mom was a cool mom, man. My mom was awesome. You know. So well. let me ask you this. So, so if your wife was allowing your daughter or your daughters to listen to, let's say they're 10, Snoop Dogg and, or Uncle Luke or NWA, would you approve it? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Like well, she listens, she listens to all that new rip rap hip hop that I don't even like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Like, I don't like that, this new genre, because it's not rap and it's not hip-hop. They need to come up with some other sh- term for it, because it ain't it. It's your, give you your own shit. Because you're not, <laughs> don't, listen, I, uh, it's, it's uh, this music is so bad. Yeah. But my daughter's like, maybe like your daughter. I think most of the music they get now is off of TikTok. It is off of TikTok. It is. It's off of TikTok. I, I tried to, I get some of the songs too, because I'm, trying to get into social media a little heavier, look at the reels, because mm-hmm. I see that's like how to get a lot of stuff. And there was a song my wife posted on a, a story with my daughter when they're ice skating. It has a Go Little Rockstar. Have you seen that one? No, I haven't. So I love the little five-second reel. So I'm like, man, I want to hear this whole song. It's literally, Go Little Rockstar. The entire song. <laughs> There's not another word. What the? What is that? <laughs> I've heard it. What is this? It's called Little Rockstar. Oh, listen to it. Yeah, listen but to at it. least I already know the lyrics, so I'll be able to sing it. You got it. Yeah. You got all the lyrics. That's it. All four words. Did your wife realize that that song only had four words? No, because remember, they, they just see other clips. Like, you go through reels, right? Of I do the same thing. Yeah. And then when you hear a sound that you like, you click on the bottom right corner, you save that audio, yeah, you can and use it later. Yeah. That's it. And you're only going to hear a couple seconds of it. That's all you care about. But then once you start, you're like, okay, it's a two and a half minute song. Oh, little rock star. Yeah, I'm okay. I don't need. I think I don't need to listen to it anymore. It sounds cool though for five seconds. For five seconds. Two minutes, not so much. I got in the shower and, and played the song, and I was like, I was about to get out of the shower and turn it. I was like, oh, I, can, <laughs> I can, I could tough it out. And I'm yelling at my wife. She was like in the room. I'm like, do they say any other words? I don't know. Bad. What's your Bad. daughter's or what's your parenting style in terms of uh, social media? Telephone stuff like that. My daughter's. Is it even a telephone or is it I think, just a cell phone? Right. Yeah, Anyhow. I think my oldest daughter's had a phone since she was three or four. Okay. I know she had one at three or four. I bought her an iPod Touch because they look like phones back then. Because okay. little kids won't leave your phones alone, mm-hmm. so you get get her a fake phone. But you could still FaceTime on it. She could FaceTime you at two, three years old at any time if she had Wi-Fi. Um, but I got her. The watch that was a phone that I had a GPS app and she could only call five people. So it would say like mama, daddy, Oma, cool. Tio, and she only had hit those buttons and those are the only numbers that could call her. So she's had a phone since she was in preschool. Okay. Um, and then she's probably had a smartphone since she was five or six. And how's how do you manage her relationship or how do you manage her cell phone use? Um, I don't know. Grab it, look through it every once in a while. <laughs> Snatch that shit out of her. No, no, I mean, she's 11. She leaves it like sitting there. So I know her passcode. She's not hiding anything from me. I'll do it, see it. You know, I do see texts from little boys and I won't fucking break the phone, but I don't. (laughs) I just keep scrolling as long as it's G rated. Yeah. I see see you. I see see you, kid. (laughs) She gonna have a tough time, bro. You see what I am. I'm a monster. Yeah. yeah. And her stepdad, which I love, I love this guy. He's like one of my friends. He's like a six, seven. Metro Miami Dade police officer, okay. lieutenant. So she's so screwed. She's like she's never just, dating. No, she's no. gonna have to date because if Listen, not, she's gonna rebel. She's gonna have to go to a different school because every boy in that school seen her dad's and they don't. No, they know better. They know better. So imagine you're in third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, and anytime there's anything at the school where parents are allowed to come, we're both there. Like my wife is there, her mom is there. We're, as many family members there, she's a great sports system, and we're there. 
and we know which boys they are. <laughs> oh my God. And we look at them hard. Like, we, we ain't playing. What you talking about? It's my daughter, bro. I tell her all the time. I'm like, you ain't dating never. Yeah. No. So what's the age that you're going to allow her to date? I don't know. Come on. Come on, Joe. Know. Let's be real. I Listen, she's 11. It hasn't happened yet. No, it's not going to. 11 is too young, but there has to be an I, age where it's, it I becomes I have not real. accepted any date yet. Okay. Un, under 30 yet. Under 30? Yet. It may change. You know, okay. like my nephew. My nephew's 16. He has a girlfriend. Right? His girlfriend's like 15 or 16. I get it. I remember being those ages. I remember having... In sixth grade, little girlfriends, you know? Yeah. I know what age she's at, what age I was at. And I feel like this younger generation, because they're exposed and have so much more access to everything, they're a little more advanced than we were. They could, listen, if we wanted an answer to some kind of question, we would have to ask somebody. Yep. And they could tell you whatever the hell they wanted to. And if they were older, you usually believed them. Yeah. If it was a lie or not. Yeah. Now there's Google. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can ask your phone anything. That's how my daughter found out Santa Claus wasn't real. Because she Googled it? She Googled it. And what, she told you? She came and showed you? Or what was that? She didn't come and tell me right away, but she eventually told me and, like, had a little breakdown. Because people, kids, other kids at school were saying it, so she Googled it. She didn't want to ask anybody. And sure, sure enough, what happens if you Google Santa Claus I've real? never Googled it before, so. There you go. Uh, That's terrible. It's terrible. I found out when I was... I think 10 years old and I was playing basketball with my brother and, and my friend Marcos who was there too and all of a sudden he's like you don't believe in Santa Claus still do you, you idiot <laughs> and I, I remember holding the ball like <laughs> the I fuck? don't I can't remember an age where I believe in Santa Claus oh it's 10 for I don't. sure because me and my brother are like 16 months apart and we have an older sister and then every time around Christmas time we would like search around the house for toys you know, yeah, and we would always find them. You know, parents think they're slick. But you find I'm them. slick. I got a safe. I'm locking it up. You ain't finding it. But don't try to hide anything. Like, oh, I'm gonna hide it in the closet or under the bed. No, dumbass. Your kids are gonna find it. <laughs> right? They're gonna look everywhere. That happened, yeah. that happened to me. when my mom said, "Oh no, Santa doesn't have a lot of space, so he just stores it in the closet." That's probably what happened, Adrian. Depends on the age of the kid. They may, they was, may like believe six. that. Oh, like six. Believe. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, that. Believe and that. I think I wanted to buy into it too. You know, yeah. you don't want to believe that Santa. You, there's nothing in your soul at that age that tells you Santa's fake. Like, no, Santa's a real thing. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Some old guy who just crawls into your house and, yeah, some creepy old white guy. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds legit. <laughs> Sounds legit. Bring, just bring me a PlayStation, sir. I'll take it. PlayStation and that's it, buddy. Do whatever you want. And a sock full of candy. <laughs> not creepy at all. No. <laughs> Thank God it's a sled, not a big white van. That's this is true. This is true. So with my daughter, actually, I don't even. Um, she doesn't have a phone. So really? I was actually, yeah, she, my daughter doesn't have a phone. My, I think my youngest one's had a phone like her whole entire life since she like one or two. She's so, had an iPhone. But it's cool to have to hear your perspective because um, my daughter had a phone, I think when she was like 10. Um, but I started looking through TikTok and I just didn't like what I was seeing. I didn't see how it was benefiting her, you know? And I said, you know what? I think you're going to do without a phone. But the crazy part is, despite not her. Does, she have, does she have a computer? She has a computer, yeah. What's the difference between a computer and a phone? The phone is on you all day. So throughout the day in school, her friends are scrolling away. She doesn't have that access while she, at least while she's in school. It's easier to monitor. Look, I'm not saying there's no does right. She, or, does she have an iPad? She has an iPad, but 
she doesn't always have access to it. She has to ask for it. Gotcha. Yeah. And some people are probably going to think, yeah, that's really strict. But the main thing is I just don't, I want her to have as little screen time as possible because, again, despite her not having a phone, she just has doesn't have a TikTok. She knows all the TikTok dances, all the TikTok songs. Why? When you go to school and you pick her up and when she's after soccer practice, what is she doing? She's All her friends are just sitting in a circle staring at their phones. Mm-hmm. So even though she doesn't have a phone, she still has, she's still looking she at stuff all the time. She her friends. Yeah. yeah. How, do you talk to your daughters about sex? Hell no. No? I, no. Why not? I'm not ready for this conversation, oh, Dude, I'm, we're going in. Why don't you talk to your daughters about sex? I'm uncomfortable. Sex? I know. That's the point. Here, drink she's some more. She's, pour 11, some she's more 11, drink. 11 years old. Okay. So she has a phone, right? Yeah. Her friends at school have a phone. Yeah. Do you think that no kid at school has talked to her about sex? Maybe. <laughs> no, listen, I never got that talk from anybody. Nobody. I had to figure that shit out for myself. So do you want your daughter to figure it out for herself? No, but I don't think she's at age yet. I don't think where she's at. Like, if she was more mature, because I know my daughter. Yeah, At least sure. I think I do. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't you don't really know. Joe's having a Because I was a right kid, now. too. You're, I'm not going to sleep well tonight, you Joe. asshole. Okay? So I remember when I was a kid, and you acted a certain way with your friends yeah. and you acted a certain way in front of your parents. Uh-huh. You fucking cussed like sailors with your friends because yeah. we used to ride the bikes around the neighborhood, play football, kickball, basketball, go fish, you name it. We were always outside the house. But then when you step in the house, you can no longer say the F word. Yeah. You cannot say shit. You can't <laughs> say that stuff. My parent would smack me in the face if you said that. If I didn't say, if I didn't say yes, ma'am, no, sir. I got smacked in Joe, the you're mouth. not answering my question, bro. i trying to deflect. Yeah. It's not working. <laughs> you're not, you're not. Shit. <laughs> this is when it gets good right oh, now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think she's ready, bro. Like, I don't, I don't think she's at How, that mature level. When you were in middle school, at what grade did you go to human growth and development and they talked to you about sex? Sixth grade, bro. No, bro. They, were, they put the penis on the projector in fifth grade in, in Leisure City, bro. So there you go. So in fifth grade... You got a penis on a projector. Yeah. She's a cell phone, bro. Listen, not every kid is looking at that. I'm not saying. <laughs> All right. Look, I'm not saying. Can we turn the air conditioner down? <laughs> it's getting hot. Oh, listen. <laughs> huh. well, these cameras are rolling. Oh tight. I want to see how much more red I got. Oh, last my thing God. I don't know, though. I don't think I'm ready for that. Like, it's hard. I'm gonna let, but you've opened my eyes too. Like I need to talk to my wife now, um, talk to my ex-wife, and be like, "Have you talked to her?" Yeah, who's having this conversation? Because I, I don't want to be the one to have that conversation. Well, there's a, there's a couple of things that are gonna happen to her at 11 years old. She's gonna get her period soon. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna get her period soon if <laughs> she doesn't have it yet. So she, she does not have it. <laughs> I just bought her a fucking bra. Relax, buddy. <laughs> Which was super bad too. I'm like, you don't even need one. <laughs> But I guess it's the cool thing to wear in sixth grade. Oh, she cool. needs one. Cool. No. That's about the that's about the time where I started wearing the wife beaters oh, under God. every shirt. Did you used to do that? No, people don't do that anymore. I said, did you used to oh, do that? Oh, I did. I used yeah. to, yeah, all the time. Like I don't think you had to like, wear a wife beater under shirt. Sixth or seventh grade until like my early thirties, mid thirties. A wife beater under everything. I don't do it anymore. 
he's talking about wife beaters. We're still talking about I'm him having a conversation. <laughs> We're still I'm trying. trying. I'm trying. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you. Listen, I've sat down I, with my daughter. And let me tell you why. How? Let me tell you why. <laughs> Matter of fact, objective. First, I ask her, do you know what sex is? That's the first thing. Because you want to assess what's her knowledge. And is she open? So I, I wouldn't approach <laughs> With that face, I wouldn't approach my daughter and be like, how do you know about sex? No. I don't think I'm ready for that conversation. Okay. I'm just, I'm telling you what I did. I'm telling you what I did. No, relax, Joe. It's okay. I'm here with you, bro. Here, have some, have some uh, blueberries. No, no blueberries. Pour yourself some more alcohol. I don't know. I'm I'm good right now. Yeah. I don't want to (laughs) cry. This is crazy. So I actually sat down my daughter and my niece side by side and I asked them, what do you guys know about sex? And they were yeah, bro. But you're like a doctor and shit. Like you can talk about that. You're like qualified. <laughs> like they feel like your shit means something. No, they don't like, respect me, man. Who are you talking about? They don't respect me. Do you see your wall of degrees? They, they don't respect. Mine's in a folder in my <laughs> safe. Okay. They don't respect. They don't respect my education, man. They just. I'm just having a conversation with you're, them. You're just dad and the uncle. I'm that's dad. It. That's dad it. And, dad, dad and, and uncle. Dio. That's it. Deal. The crazy uncle. That's who I am. Funkle. Okay? The funkle. Funkle. Yeah. So. I sat them down and asked them, what's your knowledge? Like, what do you know about sex? And I mean... And how old were they at the time? This is 11. 11 years old. Joe, okay. Joe, this is my advice to you. My daughter's 11. If you're not talking to your kids about sex, they're learning it from the world. So do you want them to learn what sex is from the world around them or from you, your wife, um, her mom, her stepdad? I get it. I get it now. Thank you for opening my eyes. I'm gonna make <laughs> these women talk to her. Like I think that would be a little bit more appropriate, I think so too. right? No, I because mean, I know I've had sex a few times in my life. Yeah, I know what it's about. Twice, you've had sex twice. You have two kids. A couple times. A couple times. Twice. But like, I don't know what it's like from a woman's perspective. Yeah. You know, like I think a woman or a girl would take it better from another woman because, what the hell could I tell you? Honestly, I can ask you questions. Yeah. But like, I am not as qualified because I'm not a woman to tell you what it's like to have sex as a woman. If I had a son, I'd tell you exactly yeah. what to do. <laughs> no, right? this is not advice like guidance. Like, this is how you have no, an orgasm. But you gotta, like, no, no, no. I'm talking about like all the situations you've been in. Oh, gotcha. How to be a good guy, never do certain things. But like, in certain situations, I, what do I tell my wife, my girl, my daughter? You know? Yeah. You have to know everything. Yeah. Once you open up Pandora's box, no, that's I, there's I no going back. I disagree. I think if you keep it matter of fact, then you just educate piece by piece. Like, because I want to talk to her about, and maybe it is because I'm in the medical field, so I feel more comfortable talking to her about it, about sexually transmitted diseases, about the risks of pregnancy. Um, what is sex itself? How does that work? Why do we have sex? What do you, why do humans have sex? Um, how does pregnancy happen? Like these are conversations that you could you don't have to dive in down this rabbit hole. You could have See, an honest I think conversation. Things with are kids. a lot different now from when I was at that age. Okay. Right? Like when I was just about like figuring out what sex is, what it is, what it does, all that shit mm-hmm. was like when AIDS came out. You know what I'm saying? That was heavy. Yeah, was so heavy the government and the news and all that shit scared you into ha- from having sex or unprotected sex. Yeah. And they some of it was just scary. Well, you know, easy ease dying. Yeah. Magic Johnson's got AIDS. And it's like, what the hell's going on? You know? So I think that 
was a little bit different in my era than it is now. Yeah, but fear-driven... don't talk about any of that anymore. Yeah, yeah, no, because fear-driven tactics don't work, though. If you try it to It did just, work. No. <laughs> what are you talking about? So what about drugs? If if you talk the dare... That, that, that doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work, right? So well, you, you can't it does. put fear... At, to, a, to a certain age, right? Yeah. That dare shit worked, too. Like, but to be honest... When they start telling you in like the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh grade about these drugs, we didn't know what these drugs were until you exposed us to it. <laughs> you taught us what they were. Yeah, I didn't know what cocaine was. Yeah, and I, I've been seeing it since sixth grade and like demonize it. And then, you know, sophomore year in college, different story. Yeah. Different story? Different story. For me, I was a freshman in high school. First time I smoked weed, it was Nick Brady from Nick. If you ever listen to this, you son of a bitch. Nick Brady was some kid who just moved around the lake where I grew up, and he walks up out of nowhere. He's like, "Hey man, you want to smoke weed?" And I'm like sitting in my backyard, like completely naive, and I'm just like, "Sure, I guess." Next thing you know, we went to his house, smoked a bowl, and then I was just sitting there, and I was like, "I can't go home. I can't go home. I can't go home." It's terrible, you know. I I think the first time I smoked was like tenth grade. Smoke weed. Yeah, 15 years old. 14, yeah, 15. 15, 14, 15. So think about that. Your daughter's 11 right now. Shut up. I'm just telling you, man. Like, what? You told me we were talking about my daughter. I really came. <laughs> I'm just I, I'm just messing. No, I know you it's are. It's good. It's good to have like one like father to another and have a conversation. For real, it's because it's it's kind of like. Because we don't. Listen, I, people think they know what they're doing. We, none of us know what we're doing. We just try our best. We try our best. And the more, the more information you have, the more people. You hear their real stories. I don't want to hear these studies, these bullshits, these yeah. hypothetical situations. Like it's good to hear real, real thing. Yeah, appreciate that. No, of course, man. And I'm, I'm open to. It. I'd rather, ha- and I appreciate your perspective that you, that you're like, no, I don't want to do that. Have that conversation because I think you exemplify what a lot of parents feel. No, I, it's not on me. I let somebody else have that conversation. It's uncomfortable. So I think it's important for you to understand why is it uncomfortable for you. Because if it's uncomfortable for you, it's going to be uncomfortable for your daughter, right? Yeah. <laughs> no. Let's like keep it I, that if way. I, if I had to sit there and talk to my daughter, I have a, such a good relationship with my daughter, I would have to like figure out how to say it, and it yeah. wouldn't be uncomfortable. I don't think so either. I don't think so with my I, daughter. She loves me. I love her. And I you think know, that one of them the best for her. Yeah, I but think that conversation, I don't want to be the one to have it. And, that's and fair. thank God she has a mother and a stepmother. To look they out can, for her. They can both help her with that conversation. Yeah. That's good. I think, but it's, Im- <laughs> but I think it's important for parents to know that somebody's talking to them. I think yes. that's the main. And I, that's like what I'm getting out of this conversation with you today is that I, I realized today somebody needs to have a, that conversation with her if her mom hasn't had it already. Yeah. So I got to text her mom when we leave here. As soon as she's hey, going to Have you done the whole birds and the bee thing? Hey. <laughs> birds Bella. and the bees. No. <laughs> that's how old I am. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Never got that talk. Thanks, pops. My dad never gave me that talk either. No. But I've been, I've been coaching my nephew. I've been giving that kid strategy since like 11. What are you? Te- okay, so let's hear it. What are you teaching him? What do you mean, bro? <laughs> like, you're you're about my age. Yeah, I'm 38, yeah. Okay, so do you remember, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, college, right? Okay. Right? Is there something that you wish somebody told you? Like when you were younger, oh about my God. women. Oh, about women? Yeah, about <sighs> girls. Whew. Um, I, I mean, I'm sure there is. I, I don't, off the top of my head, I, I don't know. Okay, but. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a few pearls. Go if ahead, you, let's if hear you them. have any sons. Please, please. So, 
you know. I don't have sons yet. Boy, me neither. Still trying. I got two girls. Um, like my nephew, bro. Like he's sixteen. My daughter's eleven, almost twelve. I've told him, be very nice to Bella. You know, there's gonna be a point where you're like 24, 25, 26. Her friends are gonna be 20, 21. Smart, yeah. I hear you. You know, you wanna, you don't wanna be that dickhead cousin. Everybody has that dickhead cousin. Yeah. That they don't And that like. dickhead cousin is not invited. No. He's not no, invited. Right? Not just that. Do you remember being sixth, seventh, eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade, right? Where there were certain girls that looked a certain way. Maybe not too good, maybe a little fat, maybe a little skinny. But not too good. Uh-huh. Then all of a sudden, 10th, 11th, 12th grade, them girls are banging. Yeah. Right? It's <laughs> true. Sounds like macho. Be nice to every girl, not just the hot ones, because some of them hot ones ain't going to be hot for long. And some of them not so hot ones are going to be the hottest ones. And if you were nice to them when they were not hot, they're going to remember that. Yeah. These are pearls. Write that down. Right. <laughs> got people taking notes today. Yes. Well, you're right. I mean, I think... I'll never forget, bro. I went to a middle school, uh-huh. Redland, right across from Nosberry Farm, right? And because they bust me in from Leisure City, there wasn't a lot of us. We all went to Homestead. Most of the people that went to that high school went to South Dade Senior High. Back then, there's only two schools. There's girls in middle school that, you know, weren't shit. And then when I saw them again later in high school, and then some of them freshman year in college again, I'm like, holy shit. Thank God I was nice to them in middle school. It all works out. And I, lear- I learned that lesson. Nobody taught me. So when I was able to pass that down to somebody else, felt good. Felt good. Pearls of wis- wisdom. So you mentioned that you don't have a boy yet. So tell me, a li- I know you mentioned to me in the parking lot. So we're just, we're just trying again, man. Me and my wife, we've been trying for a minute. So she doesn't have a kid. I have two. She has none. Um, oh, I didn't realize both of your daughters are from your first marriage. No. Tell me. I have a daughter from my first marriage. Okay. I have a daughter from another relationship. And now I'm married to another woman. And we're trying to have another kid. Wow. Yeah. So she's a and, rock, man. She's and solid. They're all Cuban. And they're all Cuban. <laughs> For those of you guys listening, Joe just <laughs> put a imaginary gun to his head. Yeah. Fun times. <laughs> we're not touching that one. Wh- which one? Any of it. Were you? Any of it. I love. Oh my no wife. no no, and I know that. I'm, and don't worry, we don't need to go down that road. Um, she's gonna listen to every minute of this podcast multiple times, sharpening her fucking yeah. knife. She's gonna be like, "Why'd you say this? What do you mean, baby? I love you. <laughs> I love you, Jessica. <laughs> Shout out to you. Jessica. Shout out to Jessica. That's the funny part. I don't know whether to call her Fernandez or Stempian. What do you mean? Because I'm a Stempian. Mm-hmm. You know, she should be a Stempian. But she still likes to use Fernandez. So I fuck with her sometimes. So uh, Jessica Fernandez. It's you hard know, to give up your last name. I wouldn't want to do a hyphenated name. N- not only that, yeah, and it's just a mission because of all the paperwork, right? Well, no. Like once you get married, when you do all that paperwork, if you do it, the, like when you get married with the application, license, all that, it's not that hard. Getting your name changed back after being no longer married is a little bit more difficult. But, you know. No, I know people who have been through that. Yeah, I can imagine it's difficult. Yeah, it's just a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. And I'm terrible with paperwork, so I would never want to go through that. Mm-hmm. Thank God we're men. Well, then again, like imagine <laughs> if you've been if you've been a certain name for thirty something years, yeah. everybody knows you as that name. Of course. If you change your name, yeah, you're still gonna know you. That's interesting. So, 
why do you, why are we why do we do that? I don't know. I don't, historically, I don't even know why. I don't think. Why did a woman I take a man's name? I think now. I mean, we all know that. That's yeah. you know, the masculine culture. Yeah. You're taking my name. Yeah. Whatever. But now it's different because of social media, the way that we connect with everybody. Like, if you're known by a certain name for so long, and you change it, it's a little different. Um, back then, you know, 90s and earlier, I don't think it was. There were no. We didn't really have a name. Yeah. It's a lot different. Times, it is different. Times have changed a lot since we were kids. Oh, my God. Night and day. Yeah. You mentioned, so you guys are trying. Is it okay if we talk about that? Or is it not? Is that too sensitive? Um, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. We're okay. just trying. Okay. That's we're cool, trying. Man. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. That aspect is hard. Yeah. Right. Is when we have dead air, because <laughs> we have to scramble and find can, something else to talk about. I can I can make bad jokes all day long, you know that. That's true. So I wanted to talk to you already about kids, your kids' relationship with social media. My my youngest one like does have an Instagram page. She's had it since she was three or four years old. Is that the one that dances? Yeah, her mom manages that one, but she ha- she technically has her own Instagram page. Gotcha. My 11-year-old, no. How do you guys balance work? I, I know that your your wife is a is a realtor. Mm-hmm. Now she's a realtor. Yeah. Um, how do you guys balance like the just taking care of the kids and work? Obviously, you work the mornings. I work every morning. Yeah. Every morning. I get two Sundays off a, a month. So even Saturday, I'm in there by 6, 37 o'clock. Sunday, 8, 9 o'clock. Um... Thank God my wife's a realtor. Like, they have flexible hours. You know, you're not going to, you know, she can drive my daughter to school. She can do what she needs to do to help me out because I got to work. I got to pay the bills. You know, my wife gets her money. And she gets money, too. She's just not sharing it with me. <laughs> Bro, this is good. I don't know whether I should keep asking questions because that's a... Some couples separate their finances completely. Define separating their finances. Oh, she takes yours, but you can't take hers? Is that what you're saying? That's pretty much what I'm (laughs) saying. That's awesome. I like your strategy, Jess. Yes. I respect that a lot. She has a great strategy. Also, fuck this guy. Take his money. It's fine. It's all good. (laughs) She helps out more more ways and more than money. You can't put a dollar amount on the stuff that she does. I couldn't do it without her. So I'm more than willing to do. How long were you a single father for? Um... I don't know, a few years, a couple years. What were those years like? So if you look at those years from where you sit right now, and this, my mom helped me out a lot. My mom's retired. She's a retired uh, captain in the army, so she's at home. Okay, pension, retirement, social security, all that. Mm -hmm. So there was even a few times when I went through my 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 divorce that I moved back in with my mom for a few years, and in your thirties. You know, and moving, you move into the room that you grew up in. Very humbling. Yeah. You know, and to see where I was then and to see, see my house now. Wow. What were you going through then? And what, would, what advice would you give to Joe sitting in your mom's house in your 30s? I don't know. What advice would you give him? I don't think I have to give him any advice, man. Like, I, I did it. I worked my ass off. So, okay, so better. What, what advice would you give to somebody in your same situation? Somebody who's in their 30s. Don't give back up, home. Man. Don't give up. Like, everybody, listen, thank God I had my mom as a safety net. Some people don't have their parents. Some people don't have anywhere to go. I can't imagine where they go. Like, today, 
something happened, I can move back into my mom's house tomorrow. And I'd be happy and content with that. I love my mom. And she would be there for me. You know, not not just you Cubans can do that. You know, <laughs> white people can move back home too. You know? Love it. Like, just, like you tell people, listen, it's not the end of the world. Don't give up. I've seen way too much. The older you get, the more people you see die. Right? Yep. When you're younger, you don't see a lot of people that die at your age. And when, like, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, like, when people 60, 70, 80 years old die, it's, all right, you know, I hate it, don't like it, but that's life. Yeah. But when you're, I'm 44, about to be 45, I'm seeing a lot of people die now, you know. And we just had my first, uh, the oldest grandchild from my grandparents, 50, 51 years old, he just died. How did he pass away? Um, technically, COVID. Right? Are you saying on paper that it was labeled as COVID, or is it? Uh, I mean, I think it's a COVID death. But again, when you're diabetic, obese, when you have all of these comorbidities, yeah, all these all, different illnesses, all these different illnesses, you know what I'm saying? You're on disability. You're fucked up. Yeah. And then you die of COVID. Did you really die of COVID? It's arguable, That's right? Arguable to me, right? If you have all these issues, right, and you have a heart attack. While having COVID, do you die of a heart attack? You die of COVID. You died of a heart attack. <laughs> That's how I see it. Yeah. Is that how it's being marked? Uh, no. Is that how it's being recorded? No, no, no. But there's also there's obviously this is extremely controversial, but it, part of this is funding, right? And we know we know now that hospitals were getting more money, kickbacks from the government based on that death being labeled as COVID. Listen. Okay. I try to stay out of the COVID, the yeah. politics, the religion, all that stuff. I'm a white man. I'm not allowed to talk about that. Yeah. I don't want to be canceled. But COVID, is it real? Yes. Do people die? Yes. yes. Do people die every day? Yes. Yeah. You know, like, I want to see the the numbers. Like, let me see the deaths from 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Did more people die in the past couple of years than the years before? Or are we like still dying off at the same rate? Yeah. Is the average age of death still the same? Hey, you're barking up the wrong tree, man. Mm -hmm. no I know there was definitely a sp a spike in deaths, and there was an increase in hospitalizations based off of COVID. Yes. Um, were people dying that had multiple comorbidities? Yes. But were some of those numbers being misconstrued? By the media, yes. We'll, we'll see. Sooner, yeah. sooner or later, somebody's gonna be held accountable. I actually was trying to look the other day for um, whether or not suicide rates increased during COVID, and it was so weird that all the numbers, when you Google it right away, all were showing me 2019. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it, it took me a lot longer to get the 2020 and 2021, but the first numbers that flashed up when I looked it up were all 2019 and before. Mm -hmm. I look up any other statistic, rates of smoking, rates of anything, rates of heart disease. It gives me the most current year. It gives me the most current year. So why is this taking me to 2019? It's, it's weird. It's weird. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what's weird is that I don't, I openly discuss like my opinions on whether it was mask wearing from the very beginning. I was like, this doesn't make sense. I've been working in the hospital throughout my life. If it's droplet precautions, you need to have a specific type of mask, an N95. It needs to be fitted to your face. Mm -hmm. It only has uh, it has an expiration date on it. 
but then they're telling people to wear a cloth mask on their face. I would get on the trolley in Coral Gables, and the guy who's driving the bus is just enforcing the rules, and he got up to yell at me one day because, um, oh, because I got on the bus without a mask, and I'm just like, these people are wearing rags on their face that aren't doing anything for them. Like, if you yeah. guys only knew. I wore those things every time I'm supposed to. I don't want to rock the boat. Yeah. I don't believe in it, but if I got to wear a mask to come in, I'll wear, wear a mask. mask to come in. But yeah. if I don't have to wear a mask to come in, I'm not going to be one of these assholes in Publix with their mask still on. It yeah. Makes no sense. Yeah. And I, I respect a lot of the older people, especially that yeah. were fearful, because a lot of this was fear driven. So I don't think it's the fault of the actual people who are just following the rules or doing what they are, 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 are committing the actions that they have led themselves to believe or that they were led to believe would keep them safe. Right. Mm-hmm. So I can't blame it on them, but I, I just think the narrative that was put out was still being put out. You see that sign back there? Wear a mask at all times. I got that. <laughs> found that on South Beach. You've seen, the, you've seen the signs in front of our gyms, right? What did it say? Where it's like, you don't have to wear a mask. You're free to make your own choice here. We have those signs. Manny had them made up and put in every location. And I respect that. Yeah. A lot of gyms and gym owners were not just hurt. Their business was broken yeah. as a result. We, we weren't allowed to open for three months. Yeah. And then when we reopened, they wanted us to wear a mask. We didn't wear a mask. We well, ended up on Channel 6. I remember. Yeah. Have you ever tried to work out with a mask? Have you ever been in a full sprint with a mask on? Why would I? <laughs> Why? Why? It's Why? Um, we the, have people that still try, and, they, and they, they're going to have it under their chin 90% of the time. What's yeah. the point of wearing it? Yeah. And again, I'm not, I'm not here to fault them or, or no. like disrespect Listen, them at all. Everybody has, their, everybody has their own choice. Yeah. But you can't force anything. But you can't force it. Yeah, we have people that wear their masks or try to wear a mask still yeah. to this day. And then we don't make fun of them. We accept them. Yeah, it's all I, good. Not my choice. But hey, there's a lot of things I don't do, but I don't judge people. But the crazy part is us having this conversation and sharing this opinion that, we, that we're openly discussing right now might get this ban from YouTube or might get me um, shadow ban like I've been experiencing lately from Instagram. Really? What? It is crazy, Joe. That's why I don't. That's why I don't really touch on that stuff. Like I don't. Joe, it's hurt me. It's no, I have. I have a lot of people. I have other people. Other few friends that have social media, and they've all posted the same thing about being shadow banned, and they can show their numbers. You guys, you guys can pay for the analytics. You can see who you're reaching. Yeah. You can see all that stuff, and all of a sudden it stops. It's crazy. You get more followers, yet you get less interaction. Joe, I've tripled views. my followers in the last four months. Tripled, and I have vis. <laughs> My visibility has decreased like threefold. Yeah, I never, or I never, fivefold. your amp mental health never comes up on my feed. I have to go to your page and look for it to interact. It never pops up on my page. Your Yours thing doesn't really even pop up that much. No, it stopped recently. But I go and I check up on all my friends, man. Do me a favor. You have your phone? Do me a favor. Uh, open Instagram for me. No, yeah. And just go to search and then look for my, my handle is Dr. Adrian Mesa, Dr. Adrian Mesa. Just put Dr. Adrian Mesa and tell me when when my name actually pops up because it's so interesting to me. Turn my phone back on. Oh, you, uh, you turned got... it off? Off? Yeah, bro. I respect the show. Oh, this is serious. Listen, man. There's nothing worse than a phone going off when it's not supposed to, right? <laughs> That's true. Well, here's the funny thing. I put doctor, right? You have 70. And then Dr. Mortgage comes up before Dr. Watch, Adrian. Watch this. 
So, so far we got Dr. A. Let's see if I put, still not there. Dr. Still not there. Look, Dr. Adrian Pompa is there. That I don't even follow, right? Yeah, you don't follow her. Yeah. We're still going. Still, Dr. Adrian. And still not there. M. E. Still not there. S. Now I can pop up. <laughs> Yo. They got you, bro. They got me. They got you. They got me. So I've been, it, you have to go that far into a search in to order find to you. find me. So people have even told me, I had a phone call yesterday from a psychologist who's in Fort Myers. It's like, Adrian, I was looking for you on social media. I felt like I was misspelling your name. I couldn't find you. Because you normally, look up somebody else. Look up your wife. Put Jess. Right? Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. But uh, yeah. How soon does her name pop up when you put in J-E-S-S -S or whatever? As soon as I put in Jess. That's it. Her name is up. Yeah. So people have reached out to me and said, hey, I'm trying to find you on my, on my Instagram. And I, I didn't understand why you weren't coming up. And I thought either you got rid of it or they were just confused. Turn it back off. Go for it. But how crazy, right? I don't know how they do that, but or how it's even legal, but they do it. I have other friends that are doctors and yeah. that are like, they're getting the same thing because they don't agree with what some people are pushing. But I wasn't pushing anything controversial. No. I'm pushing, pushing things facts. that are now facts. Facts. That are they now coming they, out. They don't want to hear facts. They want to hear emotions. They want to hear what they want to hear. Like facts. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at, look at the whole Joe Rogan thing. They put more stress on what this guy's saying than what anybody else in this country saying right now. Yeah, he has, what, a, he has what, a major what, following. Um, but what, again, at the end of the day, what is Joe Rogan? A comedian? A comedian. Mm -hmm. Comedian? With the podcast. With the podcast. MMA analyst, whatever. Mm -hmm. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. The guy's been on the earth 40, 50 years. He's not a dumb guy. Like, why are you trying to censor that guy? But why are you censor? So, Joe Rogan, I can understand why they're going to try to censor him because his reach is so much further. I mean, he has like 26 or 30 million followers on Instagram. But I have like 6,000 followers. Like, Come on, like who am I? So you're if it doesn't matter. So my, it's, all, it's all it's all formulas and so if you're worried about me and if you post certain stuff, I've had people. My best friend Ray, Cuban guy, he's had his account canceled. They're like, you're a bot. No, I'm not, because <laughs> he's posted so much anti Biden and anti this and facts, facts. They literally deleted his account. He had to create a new account. Yeah. And I, he showed me that email. I was like, you're a, you're a bot. No, I'm not. And there's no there's nobody to call. There's no number to call. Say, hey, why is this happening? Who can I talk to? I mean, if you know the right people, you can speak to people at Instagram. You can reach out to them. You can tell me who to call because I don't know who to call. I'm not that well connected, but I know people that are. All right. Help me out, man, because this is... At the end of the day, this hurts. The main message I try to put out as a provider, as a mental health provider is to help people from a mental health perspective, mm -hmm. to teach them to get an outlet, to reach out for help, to find a sense of community. All these things that, a lot of the things that they could find at a gym, right? Mm -hmm. A gym, and I, I've said this before, a gym, a Bible study, a church, um, what do you call it? Like um, some sort of martial arts place. Yeah, sports, like dancing, activities. Anything, yeah. I don't care. Any, any place where there's a sense of community, you're bringing people together where they can build relationships, extend their network, 
interact, have an outlet, and and, and just engage socially and physically, right? Mm-hmm. So if this is all I'm trying to put out over and over again, so it just uh, it affects me number one financially mm-hmm. because that means that people aren't getting exposed to information I put out about my business, my practice. Um, so I just think it's crazy, man. I think it's crazy, but I get it. So I now I have to diversify diversify my portfolio and find other ways to reach people. Yeah, like you can't you can't just talk about things anymore. No. Like that people don't want to people don't want to talk about. They don't want to hear facts. They don't want to hear everything. People don't want to hear they were wrong. Because that's not a good look for them. So you just got to play by the rules. You know? Like I couldn't, if if I got shadow banned on social media, I would lose business. I've lost business. I, I got I got mouths to feed. I yeah. got child support checks to write. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't. Like So I, I stay out of it. I'll post a funny meme here and there. Yeah. But I'm not posting too many facts. More More funny stuff. But are still factual. But I think, yeah, putting out information, like written information, I think is what they want to eat up because they don't want you swaying. Yeah, I mean, I put jokes about COVID, right, on my story. Mm-hmm. And it still gets flagged for this is COVID information. Click on here and this is false. Yeah, I bet no you. Won't. shit, it's a joke. Yeah, when we post this on social media, I bet you it's going to come up with a little banner underneath giving a warning. Crazy. Yeah, of somebody's, course. Somebody's going to like listen to it an hour into it and be like, they were talking about COVID. Fuck yeah. It. Once you say COVID, I'm sure it has a trigger in the algorithm, and I'm sure a flag is going to pop up. I bet. No, they got enough voice recognition. It's it's strange, though. Are we an hour into this? Yeah. Hour 17. Hour 17, yeah. That's my Jamie. You know Jamie from Joe Rogan? That's my Jamie. That's Erica. <laughs> Hi, Erica. <laughs> <laughs> so what else, Joe? What else? What? What? I guess coming here today, what what made you decide to come here today, honestly? like You asked me to come, bro. That's I'm it. there. That's that, it. That's, that's simple? as deep as it is. That's awesome. I love you, man. Like, you're a good guy. Thanks, like, man. Like, there's not a lot of good people in this world. Somehow I found a lot of them, especially through the gym. Yeah. I have a whole entire gym family. Um, You know, if somebody I like, somebody's my friend, they ask me to do something, then I'm going to fucking do it. You know, it took me 40, almost 50 minutes to drive here today from my house because I had a plan set up. Plan failed, didn't fail, <laughs> failed, but wasn't because of you or anything bad. So I had time to go all the way back home, come all the way back over here. It was worth it, man. You asked me to come, I'm here. I'm yeah. glad anybody asked me to go anything. If they're, if they've supported me, I'm gonna support them. It's that simple. And that's and that's the that's the vibe that I got from you from day one. Like you just, I don't know why, but you just know, like, oh, this guy, he's here to help people. He's going to look out for me. I'm going to look out for him. It's that simple. Yeah. Be good to people. That's it. Good karma, man. It's true. Now, you mess with me. That's another story. Yeah. You know, but. Oh, wait. That's a good story, actually. I got a good story for you. Yeah. (laughs) I got a good story. Let's hear this one. So I get a phone call from you. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Not a big deal. I guess there was some sort of issue you had with somebody in the gym. I'm not even sure. But you called me and you were like, hey. Let me ask you something, bro. Were you talking shit? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this. Yeah, yeah, you called me, and I was like, I was like, what, Joe? What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. I just listen. I just know that somebody was talking shit, and I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't you, but I just want to make sure. Were you talking shit? And I was like, no, Joe. I have no reason to talk shit about you. And, and I believed you right then. 
but then the next thing out of my mouth was, but if you want to run it, we can run it. <laughs> Listen, man, I grew up differently, man. Yeah. Like, I, I'm an old man now. I'm, you know, I, I got responsibilities. But there's still some gangster down in of here, course, man. That you want like sometimes you just want to go. Yeah. And if like, seriously, like back in what the 1700s, 1800s, you could still legally duel somebody in the fucking street. <laughs> Why can't we throw some hands right. in 2022? Sometimes sign a waiver, some shit. And let's get boxing and gloves. Let's go. And just boxing gloves. Oh no, you want to go raw? I, I got two kids, bro. Raw, <laughs> raw dog. All right. I, I would just go with gloves, bro. Just make it. No. I'm not an MMA I, expert. I think I got good hands, so I'd rather just box it out. I'm not trying to have somebody. What if you're a jujitsu expert? And you freaking snap my arm. I would bite his dick off. <laughs> I don't care. All right. I'm listen. There's no rules in fighting. Okay. Oh, that's there's why. There's no rules. So I don't want it to be a fight. I want it to be a boxing match. Nah, nah, nah. If we we fight and we fight. Well, then we're not gonna fight, Joe. I thought we were going to have if a boxing If you want match. to box, I would box you. Okay? If All you right, want cool. to box. If you right. want to get something off your chest. If you have four gloves around here and you want to get it right now, I'm down. <laughs> no, we don't have room in All here. Right. I don't want to break shit. This stuff but is at the end expensive. of the day, like, listen, I'm calm. I'm collected. I yeah. listen to country music when I drive. It's like gangster rap now just to relax. But there's still an animal in here and people don't realize that until yeah. sometimes like when you're so nice and you're so nice and then some people want to push a button sometimes like hey hey still a G bro yeah I will fuck you up <laughs> are you threatening me right now bro no bro that's, that's just what I whisper to dudes here sometimes <laughs> so you want whoever's listening Joe will fuck you up bro. yeah like listen I learned this shit a long time ago right if you have a problem with somebody you gotta do something you can do it. You got to say something to somebody, say it. Yeah. But don't let anybody hear you. Don't let anybody see you. End of the day, so your word versus theirs. Unless there's a fucking camera like there is every <laughs> now. I used to get away with so much shit in the 90s before there were so many cameras. That's it. Now you're done. Now everybody bro, will pop up their cell got phone. a phone or there's a security camera. You're going to get caught now. Like, you're going to get caught if you don't, if you're not covering your face and you're not following for certain protocols. But like the random dumb shit that we did. I, I seriously, I'd be in prison still from the shit I did in my early twenties. I won't ask. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I won't ask. Fun times. The Fun FBI. Times. The FBI is listening. In nah, listen. Me. My charge is the. Um, what is that? The. The time has ran out. I can't be charged. I'm good. Except for one thing. <laughs> we ain't talking about. It. <laughs> Statue of limitations. Statue of limitations are out on ninety nine percent of them. Oh, so no, but there's that one. Ninety nine percent is one percent. Okay, I won't touch that one percent. Thank you. What was it gonna? <laughs> <laughs> What's up with? The... Talk to me about the weights in the gym. Like sometimes I see you guys fill up that sled. Mm -hmm. And uh, how do you get? So how do you get the very? Okay, in every gym, mm -hmm. there's people that come in. They work hard. Mm -hmm. They come. They're ready to work. And you see that those people get results, right? And they get better. What do you say to those people who you got to give them credit for just coming out, but the effort isn't there and they're still expecting results? Listen, there's there's a mix of everything. Yeah. And th there's so much more in the play from genetics. Of course. Your age, your diet, 
your work ethic. There's so many factors in this. Yeah. Because I, listen, I've been doing this a while now. I've had people with me 10 years plus. Still coming to me 10 years plus. And they look maybe the same or even worse from day one because they don't change their diet. They don't stop drinking. They don't stop eating. They put in the work for an hour. That's the other 23 hours. That really makes the biggest impact. So I tell people, look, you want results? I got you an hour. I'm going to give you that work in an hour. But the other 23 hours a day is up to you. Right? Drink some water. Eat healthy. It's an easy formula. Burn more calories than you bring in. You're going to lose weight. If you want to gain muscle, it's a different formula. But Mm -hmm. it's no secret. And you can't lie to yourself. I mean, you can lie to yourself all day long, but you can't lie to me. And that's why I catch a lot of these people. I'm doing this and I'm doing that. I'm not getting results. And I screenshot their story. Where were you yesterday? (laughs) (laughs) Did you you sleep this weekend? Because I saw you at live. I saw you at the beach. I seen you drinking for 48 hours straight. Uh, you ain't lying nobody but yourself. Yeah. But a lot of people are like that. A lot of people are like that. They say, oh, I've been on a strict diet. But then you go out and you hang out. And, or they and, they've, been, and they've been eating M&M's the whole podcast. And I've been eating the berries, bro. <laughs> These are quieter on the mic, so. <laughs> it's cool, man. It's really cool what you guys have going on at Legacy in general. It's fun. I want to tell you that I'm a fan. I mean, I've been a member for, I don't know, like three, almost four years, I think. Um... I'm a believer in the formula. I'm a believer in the sense of community it brings. Um, That's what it brings, man. Like it's, yeah. it's it's the sense of family, and you'll see it. Like we, you literally have people that you they work out of your gym, mm-hmm. but you hang out with them outside of the gym too. Yeah, you know, like actually, I got a neighbor that goes to the gym. I, I have. His, I'll tell you, I don't because you work for the gym, so it's different. I have one employee here that I met at the gym. Right, Maria, Maria Paula actually met her boyfriend, and he's the one who introduced her, her fiance or her husband. Now, you see that? Mm-hmm. My 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 best friend right now, Alex. Um, he he was working here, and now he's now he's working as a as a trainer on his own. Um, but there's a lot of connections that I've made through that gym. Mm-hmm. I've, I have patients that I've seen from the gym. Man, I've made so many connections over the years. Yeah, like. And not just, not just down here, man. Like all over the world, it's crazy. Yeah. Like you meet people here, they move. You stay in contact with them because it's so easy to stay in contact with social media. Then they share your stuff over there, wherever yeah. they are. Yeah. Like, and you know, when we were doing the uh, the Instagram live during quarantine, mm-hmm. like I drove my ass to work every day. Mm-hmm. You know, I brought my wife with me most almost every day, but she didn't come some days, and I had to do it myself her brought my daughter sometimes right and we would go live every day at 6 a.m every day and then people would share it people would post about it and then next thing you know you know you had people down here but then i got people in mexico people in uh switzerland people in norway people in canada yeah and then all over the country, all watching my workouts because everybody's stuck in the house and they were looking for something else. Because, listen, there's a million trainers out there. Fuck, fuck that. There's two million trainers mm-hmm. out there. Not only do I train you, I entertain you at the same time. I agree. So 
I make jokes. I can try to keep a smile on your face while we're pushing you to your limits. And people want to see that. People people wanted to hear that. Like, I was getting, like, messages from people everywhere. Like, thank you. I, I lost 20 pounds during the quarantine. Shit. Were you, were you broke? Like, <laughs> you, were food? you not eating? Not well, eating? What's going yeah. on? You come to my house. Because I was eating. Yeah. Right? I mean, I was... That was a hell of a quarantine, man. Like, I went through... You know, like, you want to talk about mental health. I went through a hell of a six-month stretch where... There's good stressors. There's bad stressors. Of course. End of the day, they're all stressors. I remember that from like psych 101, 1000, whatever yeah. in college. Where imagine this. I worked in Wynwood 10 years. December 2019. I switched jobs. I go to Kendall. I'm like, let me see if I can rebuild this. Yeah. And I did. Right? December 2019, that happens. Two months later, I get married in Vegas. Amazing. Amazing. Vegas, Elvis. Best thing Classic, ever. classic wedding. Right? Yeah. February 29th. I, st- I still won't have my first anniversary for two more years. Smartest man alive. Write that down. <laughs> February 29th, leap year. I hear you. I, I'm going to write this down for write real. Write this down. You only have to buy her a present every four years. <laughs> All right? Get married 29th. Go on the honeymoon Lake Tahoe. I think we get home the 5th or the 6th. The next day, I, I close on selling my house. I ended up renting my house back from the person I sold it to till the end of the month so I can get all the shit out because the wedding, I didn't, at the end of the day, I was like, I don't want to deal with this shit. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to buy a new house. 10 days after I sell my house, 11 days, quarantine hit. You're shut down. You got to sit home. I'm like, fuck. So then me and my wife move in to her one-bedroom apartment in Coral Gables, 100 Andalusia. And we stayed there the whole fucking quarantine because I was trying to buy a new house. Mm-hmm. But once everything happened, they uh, made me wait a couple more months because they wanted to make sure I was still making money. Uh, I had to prove I was making money through March, April, and they let me close my new house in May. So for that March to April to May, I was stuck in a one-bedroom apartment all day long. So we were happy to get out and dro- go drive and work out, right? Do that. Go through all the that stuff. You think that your gym is going to close. You lose business. You go through everything. What was your mentality like then? What were you thinking? Listen, I'm, I'm like at the end of the day, if the gyms don't open, I'll go to the client. Like I'm not going to sit there. Like, I ain't going to lie to you either. Like I was still training people the whole time. Yeah. I go to their house. Right, mm-hmm. like I'm, people ain't gonna start working, stop working out. I got enough equipment. I had a dude in the Gables, love this guy. I won't say his name. He used to come train me in Winwood. When the whole thing happened, I tried to train him at his house. He was so out of shape, couldn't do it. I mean, couldn't do basic stuff. Uh-huh. So then after that, we just walked around Coral Gables. I literally got paid to walk to go for an hour hour and a half walk, $100 an hour to walk around Coral Gables. That's a good deal. Three, four days a week. But he needed it. He needed it. And he loved it. And even when he's a very busy guy, he's an attorney, a lot of money. So even we were walking sometimes, he'd be on the phone, power walking. Remember one time we started walking, next thing you know, we're at UM's campus. Mm -hmm. Turn around. I think we had two and a half hours of walking that day. Nothing else to do. Yeah. 
There was nothing else to do. No. It was dead. The streets were dead. Yeah. I would drive to people's apartments, people's houses, wherever. And then I got PPP money too. So, you know, I made a little, I made more money during the lockout, lockdown than I did before lockdown. Good. Because I wasn't going to sit there and wait on the government to do anything. Yeah. Worst came to worst. Worst comes to worst. I get some equipment and all right, well, I'm a traveling fucking trainer now. When we can open back up the gyms, we'll go back to work. But I'm not going to sit there and wait on somebody to hand me something. I'm going to go out and get it. Of course. Yeah, I think it was a strange time for everybody. Super strange, man. Um, were you were you afraid at all in no. terms of the gym shutting down? You were just going to figure it out. I'll figure it out, man. Like at the end of the day, I'm a trainer. I'm a, I could train you anywhere. I don't have to have my gym. Yeah, I I, I would have got people in a park outside if that's what it came down to. Of course, because that's what we even did. I think we op- reopened the gyms in was it June. But the month even before that, we were doing workouts in front of our gym four times a day. So it was Peyton actually in the yeah. Gables. And not only that, they tried to go to a local park to they do shut it. it down. Yeah. And they shut it down. And then the inspectors were showing up at that time. Yeah. I remember once uh, P let me into where I was like, dude, I need to work out at the gym. He's like, all right, come through. There's like three or four people in here. So I went through and literally the cops showed up. Yeah, well, they had they had the. So he's like, "Hey, we can't do this anymore." Coral Gables is a little bit different too because they have your own police department there, really, and you guys are in a prime time spot there. We were kind of tucked away in Kendall, and a lot of times we keep our eyes peeled. And when we saw them inspectors walking up, we throw some ass on. We don't want to deal with them. Yeah. Or I would talk to. It was a different inspector every time. Oh, I'm sorry. Our attorney said that we don't have to wear. We have to wear them inside. We have to wear them inside and then outside. And he'd be like, "Oh, no, no, no." Just put, put your mask, and then we put the mask on, and they want to play us. It's weird. Weird times. Super weird. That's when I saw the control that a government can really impose on a private business. Because I thought, I was under the impression, like, if we're inside of these four walls, we can't be, like, and we have our own beliefs. Like, We have a choice. Yeah, we should have a choice. Yeah. But I found out we didn't. We did not. We had no, and that's what that's the problem that I had. It's like, okay. All you businesses have to shut down for three months. You're not allowed to make money. You're not allowed to come to work. But you still got to pay your rent. What? How? Residential's one thing. Commercial's another. What do you mean I got to pay rent? I'm not allowed to be open. I don't care. You got to pay rent. It's not in the lease. And that's where shit got real weird. And that's where I was like, this, is, this does not make any sense at all. And the government wasn't stepping in to help businesses. They were stepping in to help people. You couldn't be evicted from your home. You can be evicted from your business real quick. They come in there and change the locks, keep all your shit. And there was a big movement down here in South Florida, right? Because I know there was not only Manning and, and Legacy as a, a company, but there was multiple gyms that came together and were like, guys, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Like, we need to come together mm-hmm. so that these people realize that we're going to be open. Yeah, and there was other gyms and other dudes that were trying to play martyrs, you know, up north where they were stayed open and didn't require masks. They were getting fined and getting arrested. We didn't care. Like, we're still going to go go to work, man. Like at the end of the day, we got to feed our kids too. We got to feed our families. I'm not going to rely on the government to give me anything. So we didn't have that luxury to sit there and wait. We were working, working. And then I have the one crazy story where we had inspectors and all that. But I, I as I told you earlier, we made the news one time where had to be one of our competitors because we're killing it when we first opened. And it was New Year's Day 
was it 2021? Yeah, probably 2021. Yeah, because 2020 started, right? Mm -hmm. Then 2021, yeah. So mm -hmm. January 1st, I was open. You know, this past January 1st, first January 1st, I've ever been mm -hmm. closed. Because I was like, ah, I'm, I've made it. I can take a day off. <laughs> All right. So we did a class. Had 50, 60 people in there. New Year's Day, 10, 11 o'clock, whatever it was. And we took, a, we took a big group photo. None of us were wearing masks. We are all huddled up. Posted on social media. And then the next day, Channel 6 was at our gym. Asking for comment. Asking for a statement. They came after I left. So Dustin had to deal with it. And what were they asking? They were like, why aren't you wearing a mask? You know, why are you guys uh, violating the six-foot rule? Why are you doing all this? What's your, what's your company's official statement? And then Dustin texted Manny and then texted me and he's like, no comment. <laughs> Our official statement is no, no comment. comment. Yeah. So then sure enough, they, they sat out there in the parking lot and they tried to talk to every single one of our clients walking out. None of our clients wanted to talk to them because they love what we were doing. They were sick of being stuck in the house for months, you know, mm -hmm. and then they can't work out with a mask on. So then that night, the five o'clock or six o'clock news comes on and a lot of people are still home. My phone starts blowing up. Everybody's sending me screenshots and video shots of me on the news for not wearing a mask. And it was like, like one of the headlines, one of Miami's gyms. It's in the news today for not following COVID protocols and blah, 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 blah. And sure enough, they grabbed my picture from my page where I'm sitting right there in the front, posing with all these people, and they talk shit. And then that was it. I'm like, whatever. Next morning, I'm in my 9.30 class, so about 9.50, 10 o'clock. Seriously, five, six cop cars pulled up. And then they all start getting out of the car. I'm the only business open. Sweet Tomato went out of business. All the other places went out of business where I'm at. I know they're coming to me. Blue Martinis on the other side of me. They're not open yet. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go meet these motherfuckers outside. And I go out there and talk to them. And they were cool. And I was cool with them. Not aggressive. There's no, there's no point of being aggressive. Of course not. You're never going to win. Yeah. So I'm like, how you doing, sir? Why are you here? I, like, um, I heard you guys won't wear a mask. And I gave him that same bullshit story. Well, our attorney said that we don't have to wear them, you know? Like, DeSantis said we don't have to wear them. We have to wear them in, we have to wear them out. But while we're working out, well, we keep our social distance, we don't have to wear them. And he said straight from his mouth, the mayor says you have to wear them. If I have to come back here, I'm going to shut you down for a month and I'm going to take you to jail. The cop said that to me. So I'm like... Oh, I'm sorry, there's disagreement. And I made everybody put on the mask. I put on my mask. Keep thank it moving. You, thank you, sir. Keep it moving. As soon as I got out of the parking lot, we took our mask off, back to business. <laughs> Never showed back up again. They were just delivering a message from the mayor. I got to find that video. That sounds like a good throwback Thursday video. That is a good throwback Thursday video. Maybe a flashback Friday video. But I'll, I'll throw it up there. I got it. I got a bunch of screenshots and video shots of that day. It's bizarre. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it was... At the end of the day, if we'd have been preaching health, fuck the vaccines, if they work, they don't work, whatever. If we were preaching health since March 2020, almost two years ago, could have made a lot more people health, more healthy by now, right? Definitely. Two years. Two years, enough time to get healthy. It's a, it's a time to make some drastic right? improvements, bro. If we'd have banned McDonald's 
all the fast food, <laughs> all the bullshit, sodas, cigarettes, alcohol, certain things that make you unhealthy, we could have been there. And if you're healthy, you have a better chance of surviving. These are facts. Facts. These aren't my opinions. They're facts. Yeah. Just like me. I'm not vaccinated, and I've never had the Rona. <laughs> I've been exposed to hundreds of people. I've been in close proximity speaking to somebody. And like, I got Rona yesterday. I got tested. All right. I got tested. Nothing. My daughter had had Rona. And her mom has a newborn. My wife was feeling bad. She wanted to get tested. My daughter went with her because she had her at the house that day. Two, three days before Christmas, they go get tested. Both negative on the rapid test. They get the PCR test a day later. My wife still doesn't have it. But guess what? My 11-year-old daughter has it. Everybody starts freaking out. And I'm like, calm down. <laughs> calm down. I went and got my daughter back from her mom. I just dropped her off the night before. Brought her to my house. She's had sat there for 10 days. Not a single symptom. Not a headache, not a cough, nothing. Did I get Rona? No. <laughs> Did I get checked for antibodies? Yes. Still didn't get it. I wasn't even asymptomatic. I have not got the Rona. And I find that crazy. Unless I have this super immune system, which I probably do. Because I drank most of my water from a garden hose in Homestead until I was 18. Come on. I swear to God. What do you I swear mean? to God. What do you mean? How did you drink water growing up? A water fountain? A glass of water from maybe the... Well, bro, we had a, had a half-court basketball court in front of my house at all times. All the people were playing. It's a garden hose. Everybody's going to the garden hose. Everybody's drink. going to the garden hose. You have to let it run a little bit so it's not so hot. <laughs> drink it. All right? What the fuck do you mean? Bottled water? No, bottles. Sorry, we no. did have bottled water. We had one of those big five-gallon Zephyr Hill bottles. Oh, I used to have one of those when I was little. Yeah, yeah. in my house. I have one of those now in the office, but I had one in my house. Yeah, I had one of those in, that might have been high school. But still, nothing like the garden hose. Because when you have all them people outside, you ain't coming in this house. Yeah, all sweaty and shit. No, mm -hmm. you're not coming in my house. You ain't coming in my house. My mom would be pissed if a bunch of kids try to walk in my house. Nobody I just mopped the floor. Nobody was in my house. You in the hood, they gonna steal from you. That's true, too. They ain't coming. Like, you have your friends you can come in, you know, to spend the night that you know are good. But just because you can come play in my front yard, I don't mean you can come in my house. I hear you. Garden hose. <laughs> Garden hose. And then swimming in the canals. Right? Like I, I mean, I don't know how true any of this is, whether or not it helped build you. I'm sure it has helped build your immune system. If there's anything that's helped canals, build your immune system. The canals that we grew up in, like we would go fishing and we'd go swimming in there. Yeah. Right? Fast forward to an adult. There's shit and feces in that water. <laughs> we were swimming in it, drinking it, loving it. Oh, playing in the dirt like you build your immune system now the kids today you can't touch them unless you put hand sanitizer on they're not exposed to anything it's a different different animal i'm worried about that i mean my daughter's had plexiglass around her only the front mind you none of this makes sense she has a plexiglass in the front of her desk mm -hmm. it's because corona can't hit you from the back can't do it science science they just recently allowed them to not wear masks anymore it, what kind of school school is it? Public school? It's a private school. school. Private, school. private school. Yeah, they make their own rules, though. That's well, your choice to send it there. But you can't... Why, in, in public school, do they wear masks still? Mm -mm. Okay, good. And charter schools this year, they gave them the choice from day one this year. 
they gave her a choice if you had already got vaccinated. No, no. The charter schools were one thing. Private schools have their own rules and public schools. There's three different sets of rules out there. Have you? Did you see an impact that your kids? Uh, did you see an impact on your kids from Corona in terms of either wearing masks, doing homeschooling? My daughter did homeschool till this year. Like she did. Fourth grade was the year that ended off in Rona. Fifth fifth grade, she wanted to stay home, mm-hmm. and most of her class did, and she still got straight A's. Did great. Um, all the kids that went into school in fifth grade, they all got corona within a couple of weeks, and they got over it. And then she's like, sixth grade, middle school, I want to go back to school. So she went back to school. Nothing changed. Like, they're, the kids are so much more technical, advanced, and they. my daughter has an iPhone, iPad, MacBook, and another computer. So, like, she can just have friends on different screens, and they've been talking like that. and comfortable with that it's a new age thing that was something that i saw that was really cool with my daughter was their teachers didn't tell them to do this but they all had two screens up Mm -hmm. one was their computer their laptop for school and then they had their other one then they had a group one for two reasons one is they would all do their work together so Mm -hmm. they had just work assignments and they would they were all doing it together and i was like wow this is actually pretty cool Mm -hmm. they figured that out they figured out and nobody told them hey this is the way to do it no they were like yo Let's, let's connect on Zoom over here. We'll start a, a chat room over here. We'll get our work done. We'll submit it together, and we're good. Yep. That was pretty cool. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, kids are, you know, their their brains are, they have what's called neuroplasticity. Their brains can adjust real quick. Us, we're stuck yeah, in our ways. Like, sometimes. remember, like, my five-year-old daughter thinks everything's a touchscreen now. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like, they're brought up where, you know, everything's, everything you touch, you can touch everything. Yeah. I remember eight tracks and records. I didn't have eight tracks. Records yeah. I know, but I never had an eight track. I had cassettes. Eight track, buddy. Eight tracks. My mom had a record player and an eight track player. This thing was giant. So you started off with Atari. Yes. Did you ever play with ColecoVision? Yes. And then it was and then did you play Nintendo? Of course. And then did you go Super Nintendo or Sega Genesis? I had both. You had both? Oh, you were rich, bro. What are you talking about? You're poor. No, I worked for it, man. Uh, like, what were you doing work for work back then? Wash cars, cut grass, you know, hustling. do shit like that. Hustling, man. Like, I would, listen, we would, we would, like, drag the lawnmower around the neighborhood, right? And you would see somebody with long grass, knock on the door. Hey, I'll cut you grass. Five bucks, ten bucks. And you cut the grass and they pay you. That's it. You ask people to wash your cars, or you wash your mom's car, your dad's car, their friend's car, your neighbor's car. Always, there's always ways to make money if you want to go out and work for it. So I don't want to hear shit. What gave you that work ethic? I don't know, man. I didn't have no money. I had to make money. Necessity, right? Yeah, I mean it was either that or steal, and we did a little bit of that too. So how do you? But you can't steal money. You can only steal things. So now your kids are growing up in a very different life from what you grew up in. So how yeah. do you instill that same sense of discipline and hard work in them? They don't have the same. It's not the same. I mean, my daughter works. My both my daughters work hard. Yeah. But not because they've ever seen anybody struggle or know what it's like not to have pretty much everything you want. It's different. Like I feel like it's you know when you start a certain way like. You could you try to do better than your parents, of course, right? And then you try to do better than your parents. Yeah. But at some point, you can't top what somebody does, and then it comes back down, and then you see where it goes from there. If it goes back up or continues to fall, mm-hmm. 
because it's got to peak somewhere. You know, my wife has like a billionaire in the family. Sorry. Yeah. You, his kids ain't going to do that again. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's hard. Yeah. So, no. And his kids are starting in a different playing, playing yeah. there's you know, a different ballpark altogether. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. So do you think it's, e- do you think it's easier for us that we started with nothing? Or what? It's just different, man. Like I didn't even know I was poor until I got to college. Because there was always somebody poorer than me. Because there's always somebody more poor than me. Of course. Right? But then when you get to school and you're going to get around other people from like different neighborhoods, different cities, different states, you're like, holy shit. I'm poor. These dudes got fucking BMWs, allowances, expense accounts, credit cards. I don't have a car. I got to take out loans. I got to pay for all this shit for myself. Mm-hmm. You know? It's different. And then I realized, Okay. I appreciate my mom for not letting us realize we were poor growing up, but we were. How do you think, how do you think you were when you actually realized or or, yeah, how to manage your finances? Like my early thirties, you know, when you're 20 years old and you're a male in your twenties in Miami, you're just spending it all. You're having fun. And it's expensive down here. Yeah. So what advice would you give to, right now you're 45, what advice would you give to a 20-year-old that's just coming up, he's busting his ass, he's working hard? Save it. Like, I, like you can travel, but there's like certain things that I've also tried to tell younger, the younger generation. Like, you don't need those rims on your car. Mm-hmm. You don't need the $40,000 car. You know, you don't need those shoes. You don't need those clothes. You don't need all this bullshit. Yeah. Do you want a house? Right? Yeah. You want stuff that appreciates. You want assets. Mm-hmm. You don't want to waste it on all this bullshit. Well, again, I wish I had people tell me that growing up. Yeah. Because I always had spent money on the dumbest shit. I remember I bought, I was 20, 24, and I was working with my uncle who owns a sign company. Um, and we were flipping U-gasses. We're, I, we're converting all the Amoco gas stations into either U-gas, U-gas or, or marathons. And so I was making money. You're doing all the signage for them. What's that? You're doing all the signage for him? Yeah, all the signage, yeah. So he would he was designing and getting all the drafts and everything. And then me, my other uncle, my, my uncle Leo, we were the ones out there in the scaffolding and like putting up all the signs and just converting these these stations. Um and I remember um I made some money. I had a I got a suburban on twenties. That was my first car. What a waste of money. What, suburban on twenties. I remember driving that thing around and looking. And feeling like I was driving a hearse that was just empty. I was just pulling a bunch of weight and wasting gas for no reason. Mm-hmm. Had two 15s in the back so people would hear me when I was pulling up. Yeah, why Why isn't that a thing anymore in Miami? When I was younger, annoying as shit. And when I was younger, years, wasn't there like everybody had like at least two 12s, two 10s in their car? Yeah. I don't hear that bass anymore. Thank God. Thank God. What happened to it though? Like why so did it die? Annoying. There's still a few people with it. But it's annoying. What do you mean Why? Yeah, but do you like, want that? I don't want that. Okay, so then. But I, but I do have one twelve in my Impala. Okay, it came, I mean it came, with, it came is, with the car though. Okay, so and it gives a little kick. It's not overdoing it. But yeah, yeah. Do you thump it up so that everybody around you listens to no. what you're listening to? No. No, 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 no. But now you have a nice little. Back, back then was different. Yeah. Imagine this. I had I once had a two door Civic Honda Civic. Four fifteens in the back seat. Yeah, it's nuts. You were probably Still, going. To, do you have do you have hearing problems now? Of course. Of course. Of course. When I used to pull up to your house, like something might rattle off your shelf. 
But like that whole culture like disappeared from Miami. What happened to it? I don't know. Thank God, though. Of course, I agree. But what happened to it, though? That was such a big part of our culture. I think that culture just got older, and then we realized, like, for what? Same thing with the rims. For what? Mm. I think I, I respect people a lot who who just stay humble. I, I think Miami... Look, I used to, uh, and I'll just be very real. When my daughter was first born, I had two Rolexes, one that was a gift and one that was um, that I bought from somebody who was, who was struggling. And so I had these two Rolexes, but I could tell you that I had more money on my wrist whenever I was wearing it than I had in my bank account. That's so Miami. Dude, right? So guess what? When my daughter was just coming up and I was trying to buy a house, I got rid of them. And I told myself, I will buy another Rolex when I have X amount of dollars in my bank account. And then once I got those X amount of dollars in my bank account, which actually was in the last year, um, I was like, I don't need it. I don't really need it. And I'm not dogging anybody. I love, I love watches. I know I seen it. I seen it. I see you blinding me. It's all good. I appreciate a nice Rolex. Let me see it. See, but I did it. I did it for my 44th birthday. No, this is beautiful. And I nice. never, this is a day just. I, I never had one growing up. I've had some nice, nicer watches for yeah. a couple grand. But I always broke them. Like back when oh, I, that's not going to break. I know. That's not going to break. I know. But I've always wanted one. And how I rationalized it to myself was I sold off some other things to buy a couple toys. So I really didn't come out of my pocket. I sold $30,000 for tennis shoes. I was going to say, yeah, you're a huge shoe collector. Yeah. Yeah. I sold $30,000 of the shoes. Um, I sold my Mini Cooper. I sold... A bunch of old gold that I haven't worn in years. I just got rid of it. And I had all this money. I'm like, I purposely sold all this stuff so I could buy a few things. Good. Yeah. And you deserve it. And I'm not going to dog out anybody who buys a Rolex. I just said, for me, I realized that I was wearing this thing on my wrist that was worth more than what I had in my bank account. And at that time, my daughter was very young. So I said, let me get rid of this and focus on my priorities. I had an Infiniti G35. I went to a Toyota Corolla S-Type. When I pulled up in a Toyota Corolla S-Type stick shift, my brother wanted to slap me because he was like, how could you? You have all this education, and that's the car that you're going to drive? He was offended by it. It was great gas mileage. Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> so I just think that if there was any advice I would give to a 20-year-old kid, would be exactly what you were saying is – Buy assets, invest yeah. but your money. But have some fun too. Yeah, like for sure. travel, have fun. The but loans. There's, there's a lot of like the material things you don't need. The you materialistic don't need. stuff. You don't. My dad always told me this, and I, I feel that it's something I've lived by. He would say, never hesitate to spend money in order to create memories. Never hesitate to spend money in order to create memories. And I remember when I started taking out loans for school, when I started taking out loans for school, I, uh, I spent it on traveling. So a lot of the loans that I owed were trips. I knew exactly where those trips went, or where that money went. And it went money to the Republic. It went to Chile. I studied abroad in Chile. Like cool shit that you can never take away from and me. You, and you can't put a price on that. And you can't put a price on it. Good times. Yeah. So, don't you wish you were young again? No, man. Actually, right now at this stage in my life, today where I sit in front of you, Joe, this is probably the happiest I've been in my life. That's amazing. I'm, I'm I'm pretty happy, but like, there's different kind of happies though, you know. Like this, when you're young, you're so happy because you just don't know any better. Yeah. And then you know, 30s are a little different, and then when you get into your 40s, you're like, 
Some people are happy, some people are not. Yeah, I Luckily, just feel, I feel like I have lived experience up to this point. I'm 38. I'm still in good shape. Wait till 40. That check engine light comes on. And oh, come it on. Never goes people, off. Look, people have been telling me that. People have been telling that for a never. long time. I'm going to, but guess what? Do you stop working? No. No, you still go. You just keep going. You have no choice. I have no choice. Yeah. So I'm not going to, I, I know that my performance is going to decrease, but it doesn't mean that my output is going to stop. <sighs> the performance decreases, but some people can't handle that. You I'm, know? I'm okay with it. You say that now because you haven't gone through it. You're all, you're like, it's all hypothetical in your head. It's, it's all not, what if. I've seen it, Joe. I have a torn pec, bro. Like I've seen how my body can break down over time. It gets worse. That's fine, and I'm and I accept that because I'm human, and I know that this is, this is. It was hard to accept. Like it's hard. Do you think that's for a man or just in general? It's bad for women too. I mean, they they jump on that plastic surgery, the Botox, all that shit. They don't mm-hmm. want to. They don't accept getting old. Fucking spanks. Spanks, right? <laughs> so all that stuff, up. bro. Fucking lies. The Instagram filters and all that shit. But like, as a man, like, that's hard, bro. Like, when you and fuck Facebook, because their memories, like, God damn, you were a stud seven years ago. Uh, <laughs> all right. Every day, every day, I get reminded, man. Every day, because I have so many posts. Ten years ago, you were amazing. <laughs> Today it was hard for you to get out of bed, right? Yeah, I hear you. You know, but I again, it's not going to stop you. No, it doesn't stop me. It doesn't stop you. Stops a lot of people, right? Like I can never stop. I have children. I have a wife. I have family. My brothers, my sisters, my mom. I can never give up because of them. Some people don't have that. You know, some people don't have kids. Some people don't have a wife. They might still have mom, dad, sister, brother, shit like that. I can never stop. I can never let my children down. They'll never have to work for anything. They will. I'm going to send them to school. I'm going to do all the things my parents never did for me. I'm going to do better. But I can never give up. No matter how hard it gets, fucking the sun's going to go down. The shit's going to come up the next day. And you got to go do it. That's it. It's that simple. People make it way too complicated. You want to talk about depression? Everybody gets depressed. Everybody. I've been depressed. You've been depressed. Sure, you've been depressed at some time. Just how you deal with it, man. Mm-hmm. People want a magic pill. It's not a magic pill. Got to get up and go. I have anxiety. I have depression still. Mm-hmm. Some days I don't want to get out of bed. Sometimes I go home at 12 o'clock in the, in the afternoon and I won't get back out of bed. Thank God I have kids, a dog, and a wife. They're going to force me to get out of bed. I got to wake up tomorrow. I got to go to work. I don't have the luxury of like, who the fuck would I call and be like, hey, I'm sick. Who's going to come to work for me? Nobody. Nobody. Never called anybody. I've I've had tragic things happen in my life. I've still showed up to work. Is that Opened healthy? up the gym. I, it's commitment. I know what I have to do. I've had it where I've got to work and I should be at the hospital with somebody. But I'm like... I got to go to the gym. I got to open up and let's see how how soon I can get somebody here to help me out. Okay. And people always help out because we're a family. But still, I was at the gym to work, to open it up. That's how committed I am to my my work, my lifestyle. How do you balance between quality of life? Because I know you're a, you're a hard worker. How do you balance between quality of life and then also being a hard worker? 
because work can sometimes consume you and just take over. But it does. But I don't even know how to take a day off at this point. Last vacation I took. When do you think it was? Two years ago. Before COVID. No. <laughs> I, uh, we got married about two years ago. Okay. Right? That was right before COVID. Yeah. Vegas, Lake Tahoe. And then December 2020, we went to California to see my wife's family and go to a birthday party for like three or four days. That's it. Back to work. Back to work. I'm sure... I'll have to take a day off here and there to go to like my daughter's dance recitals and dance competitions and stuff like this summer. But I get anxiety when I go on vacation. So you're one of those people who's on vacation. You're itching to get back to work. Is it just the structure? What is it? it? When you've been working so long, like I made that commitment years ago where I'm like, I'm going to work every day and I will let you know I'm working every day. And you're not going to outwork me. Nobody will outwork me. I will not say anybody will work harder than me. Will I admit some people work as hard as me? Of course. Not the best. But I'm not going to admit anybody being better than me. Period. And anything that I do. Because I go for it and I go hard and I'm committed. And I've been doing it so long. I have the track record. Yeah, you definitely have the track record. Pull up up my stats. Pull up my card. (laughs) (laughs) No, and I know you wear that like a badge of honor. Yeah. But my, I guess... My argument to that is that I think some people do need a break sometimes. I think people... Yeah, of course. Some people need a break. I'm not one of them people, though. Cool. I just want to... I, I want to make sure no, that I listen, put that out. I, like I told you before, I work every single day with... I get two Sundays off a month. His hat says no days off. My arm says no days Let off. Let me see. Oh, you got a tat. I've had that for like nine years. No, I did not know you have a legacy tat. Yeah. What did Manning say when you got that? He loved it. And then another dude that was working with us about a year or two later did it. And then got fired. <laughs> a month later. He, he did no days off and had pit bulls on the, um, what was it, the O and the A. And he did a little different right on his bicep. He was yeah. fired in a month. Still got no days off on his bicep, though. That's funny, bro. That's, mm-hmm. I, feel I don't even think Manning has no days off on him. Well, I mean, I, I again, I don't know Manning at all, but I, I respect what he's built. Yeah. I think it's... And we're not done, man. Like, we still got, we got a lot to go. And that's what's so amazing by him is that he's... He does what I could never do, and I do what he doesn't do, right? Like, I'm... In the trenches, I'm teaching, teaching classes. I'm trying to reach people. Manny's expanding our business. Like, he's taking it to levels. He's designing the gyms, the clothes. He does it all. And he's very aggressive and very confident and very good at what he does. And I'm thankful for him every day. That's I awesome. would never be where I am today without that guy. Never. And then sooner or later, we're going to sell this thing. Or we're going to bring in money. And sooner or later, I'm going to be able to retire off of, you know, all this hard work. If somebody told you you had to work 12, 15, maybe 15 years. But you had to work your ass off for 15 years. Maybe 20 years. Mm-hmm. And then you're set the rest of your life. Would you do it? Of course. Cool. But I think with me, I would, I'll be looking for the next thing too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I don't see myself retiring. Like, what I'm doing right now in here, this was something that just, 
kind of was birthed as a result of me having this office space mm -hmm. and I was like, you know what? I need to step away from seeing patients um, for my own mental health and because I feel like I can create more things to help more people help the business grow. Mm -hmm. And so the long run is going to be more people are going to get helped versus me just seeing individual patients hour after hour. Cause dude, that'll burn you out too. Oh yeah. Trust me. I've trained plenty of like mental health professionals. Of course. And I guess it's not a HIPAA violation if you don't mention names, no. but they say, you know what the shit they hear is people are fucking crazy. It's not that they're crazy. People are dealt, some tough cards in life. Some people are crazy. Stop sugarcoating it as a medical it. health not, professional. Dude. Some people some have, people are batshit crazy. Some people have been through hell, Joe. Some people. You show me the person that you call quote unquote crazy, and I guarantee if we can rewind, if we can use, uh, I was going to say TiVo, but people won't know what TiVo is. If I could rewind their life. DVR. If, you know, if I could use a DVR. If I could use, if I, you, these people that you call crazy, if I can rewind their life, and play it back to you, and you can look at their childhood and look at these significant events, then you'd probably... You might be able to empathize with them, but there's people that have been through worse, and they still not like you. You're right. So nobody gets a pass. Like, you can't be a victim. No, I don't believe that. And not. you got to get up and go on the next yeah. day. But I don't believe in, like, a victim mentality. Like, you've been through shit, but you can still get through it. Well, you can get through. Well, that's what I kind of told you about my dad. Is every single parent is a role model, every single one—the good, the bad, whatever. Because mm -hmm. your parents are either going to show you what to do or what not to do, or what not to do. It's your job to pay attention, mm -hmm. right? And like I told you, don't re don't repeat your parents' mistakes. Yeah. Or try not to repeat them. But nobody's, do, nobody's perfect. But do your kids know that they're mistakes unless you tell them that they're mistakes? I I tell my so I'm quick to tell my daughter this. I sh I've I fucked up here. And I need to fix that. But I want her to recognize that I'm not perfect. I want her to recognize that dad's not perfect and dad still has to improve on certain things. My daughters think I'm perfect. Yeah, all right. And I'm going to keep it that way for now. All right. Until I have that sex talk with them and it's all yeah. ruined. It's all over. It's all over. Because dad's going to crumble. I think my dad's weird now. <laughs> He's talking about vaginas and stuff. <laughs> Your girls are going to be like, what's happening? Why did dad just show up and start talking to me? Do you know about sex? Why did dad walk in with a naked Ken and Barbie? It got really weird. <laughs> He's bending over bending over Barbie. Ken doesn't have a penis. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This, this is awesome, man. But yeah, like I was saying, like I, I, this, is, this is the happiest I've been in my life. That's great. Just I'm because. Nah, it's, I'm it's, very happy, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy. There's good times. There's bad times. It was it was rough for a little while, like I said, the whole COVID thing. But good stressors, bad stressors. Mm -hmm. Got through it. And what people don't believe is, like, like, I didn't work out for, like, over a year. I went to work every day. Never missed a day of work. But between everything I was dealing with physically, mentally, all that shit, didn't work out. You just checked out. Checked out. Checked out from working out. No, I understand. You know, and it's and it's happened a few times. Like I worked out seven, eight years straight, like hardcore. Because like I told you, I thought I was gonna go somewhere, and you didn't want to be 155 pounds in prison. Mm -hmm. So I worked out, and then got married, had a kid, got fat, didn't work out for a couple of years, and then. 
worked my ass off again for another 10, 11 years. And I just lost that hunger, that desire. I mean, I was successful. Right? I got married. I have a beautiful wife. Mm -hmm. I got kids. Fuck am I working out for every day? And we're trying to impress. I need it. I, listen, I've been back at it now for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And I miss it. I missed it. Am I as strong as I once was? No. Okay. That, that's not my. That's not what it's important. I've been. Oh, it's out. important to us in the gym. Uh, come on, you got to check your ego at the door, though. Yeah, but you do. But you, it just feels good. Like the the first time you deadlift and the fucking bar bends before the weight comes off the ground. There's not. There, you know what? I don't. Now I'm more into like cardio and and strength. Like the, yeah. the coming like hit training. I want to be really good at both. I want to be able to lift, and be strong, but I don't care about that max rep. Yeah, I, I'm no longer going for that max rep. No longer. Because I know going for that max rep, chasing that big fish, I'm going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt. I never got hurt from lifting. Yeah. So I know where my limits are. And I know how I'm getting it. But I love lifting. There's nothing. Like the endorphins you get, even like doing the hit stuff is good too. Yeah. But there's nothing like like squatting, deadlifting, bench pressing. I used to love it. I mean, when I was in high school, my max, I was 155. I was maxing 340. I was squatting for something. Yeah, I was like a little little rock. But uh, What grade was it? Ninth grade, 10th grade, where I took weight training? Yeah. Took weight training class. We, we played basketball every day. But it was a weight training class. And they made you max the first day. And they made you max the last day. My max first day, ninth grade, 95 pounds. Ninety-five pounds for what? For bench? bench press? Okay. Max end of the year, one fifteen. <laughs> we played basketball all day, yeah. long, but it was my first exposure to like really lifting weights. Oh, that's cool though. That was my first exposure to really lifting weights. Was also in high school. Coach Stanley at HML. Shout out to Coach Stanley. Coach Coach uh, Johnson. He's uh, still a wrestling coach out there. I wonder. Yeah. Actually, I don't even know if Coach Stanley is still at HML, but I remember. It was never somebody who I was close to, but I always he liked my worth my work ethic, and he always like he always pointed out. I'm still Facebook friends and like Instagram friends with this guy. No way! I gotta mm -hmm. reach out. I gotta see if this guy's still around. You're making me think about Coach Stanley. I once found a, a magazine article that said obsession is the word that the weak used to describe the dedicated, and I put mm -hmm. a picture of me and him on we have it. A, we have a shirt with that on it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Obsessed is the word that the lazy use to describe the dedicated. Oh, yeah. That was, a, I remember that was an we old ad in a muscle and fitness magazine. I ripped it out, slapped a picture of it, and I gave it to him for like uh, end of the year gift. That's awesome. Yeah, that was pretty cool, man. We have some, we have some cool shirts. Yes, please. You could sell your merchandise. Well, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's what we try to do. Shopnodaysoff.com. <laughs> so, what else, Joe? That's it, man. I'm happy. I'm happy. Wish the you look happy, were man. better. I mean, I'm good, man. 44, like I said. Very. If you would have told me when I was graduating high school, right? At 44, you'd be living here. Your house would be this much. You'd be driving. Well, my car's not even that expensive. Mm -hmm. You'd be living here. You'd be making this much money. I'd be like, I'm going to be rich. I'm not rich. Yeah. But if you had told me back then, like, this is where you would be in your life. I'd be very happy. I'm very happy. Yeah. I feel like I'm successful. Am I content where I'm at? No. I still got more to do. Mm -hmm. But I like the trajectory that my path, my life is on. And I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, you got two beautiful little girls. You got a beautiful wife. 
You got an amazing thing going at Legacy. And two amazing dogs, too, that my wife loves more than me. No. What kind of dogs are they? A pit bull and American bulldog. Oh, okay. If it was like two little, like a. No, she loves them a more. Sharpay and a. She loves them more. And a Shih Tzu, I'd be like, oh, get out of here. No. I was a big hot dog fan, Dachshund fan, but we got, uh, like, right there, right before quarantine or right during, yeah, right before quarantine. You remember Kashi from Coral Gables? Oh, yeah. She uh, got a pit bull, didn't want it. She, she was trying to, to give it up. She gave it to us. My wife has always been a opsalopsu fucking shih tzu type person. Gave her his little fucking pit bull. My wife's in love. Loved it. They're beautiful dogs, though. Beautiful. And then we had her for a little over a year, and then she's like, our dog needs a friend. So then another one of my clients had American Bulldog puppies, and I'm like, I want the one the smallest the quietest and the calmest and she's like okay she gave him to me so we had dory the pit bull got a brindle american bulldog so we have literally dory and nemo mm-hmm. and uh he's now a 9500 a 95 pound the best behaved dog i've ever had in my life with zero training he was just born that way that's awesome yeah and she loves him more than me there's nothing like having a shitty untrained dog. Well, my pit bull's a little rough around the edges. Is he? She's nice. She's nice, but she's a little, um, like ADHD. But the American bulldog, it's a lion. He's just, he's perfect. Like he just, he'll sit right next to you, lay right next to you. You get up. It might go with you, might not. Doesn't bark. My, neither one of my dogs bark. They're not aggressive. I could put like my niece, who's a year old, right there. They'll lay right around her. And they, yeah, but, you don't have to worry about it. And then I, I have a, what they call a Florida king size bed. You never seen one of these? No. It's nine feet wide. So a standard king size is like 70 something inches. My bed's 108 inches wide. So it goes me, one dog, one dog, my wife. I don't hardly ever see my wife anymore. <laughs> Seriously. Like if the dogs weren't in the bed, I would literally have to roll over two times to Be- reach her. Mm-hmm. You think that's a good thing? You think you recommend smaller no. beds? Yes. Yes. I love the big bed. Like we had a, I had a king, she had a queen, right? And we would stay between both of our places till we got married. And when we had her queen size bed, like you're on top of each other. I'm a big ass dude. Yeah. King size bed, you got a little bit more room, but mm-hmm. still on top of each other. But now I have this Florida king. Listen, I can starfish on that motherfucker and I still don't touch her. It's amazing. I was going to say get a smaller bed, kids, but I don't want to say kids because then that's going to worry you. I'm going to kick you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Joe. I think think that's a good good point to wrap up before you get violent and hit me. I love you, Adrian. Love you too, man. I appreciate what you're doing. I love your energy. Now you need to come see me and Kendall again. I need to. It has been a minute. Remember, Sundays are... Sundays are special over there. I know the last time I reached out to you, I was gonna go, but I wasn't working. Yeah, you weren't day. working. I was like, all right, fine, I'll go. Yeah, maybe I, get, get, to, I get to work. Like I said, I get work every other Sunday. Are you there this Sunday? Yes, I am there. I'm gonna Sunday. make it out there this Sunday. Okay, all right. Who are you coming with? Uh, I don't know. Maybe okay. Solo. Maybe May, Rebecca. I'm whatever, not sure. bro. We got. I'll make room. You register or not? Just give me a heads up, and we'll have some fun. I'll be on my worst behavior. I'm out there. Awesome. Hey, Joe. Pleasure, man. Always.